0: Is there and the way they play And what about Peter O'Mahony I just exceptional. thought exceptional a sensational performance yeah. Jack O'Donoghue and Hodnett the three of them in the back row the Red
1: 78 with Alan Quillen and Neil Briggs subscribe to the rugby channel on the OTB Sports app and turn
2: on your notifications now OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with
3: exfoliating bar.
4: Half past seven, oh three a.m. You welcome along. It's Friday morning. Adrian, Owen, and Colin with you this morning. Morning, lads. Hey, Adrian. Hi, lads. Somebody was pointing out to me last week about the weirdness of introducing the shows if we've just all walked into the room together at the same time and not spoken to each other once this morning and saying how are you getting on. But regardless, how's life?
3: I did not ask you one time how are you getting on. Now you always save the authenticity. Well, like for good air.
4: morning is like we've been chatting for the last hour. Like
3: yeah. Yeah, no, all is good, all is good, good to have you back. Um, good to have me back. Yeah, myself and Colin have been, you know, working away <laughs> since Monday on this show, okay, okay, and it's yeah. <laughs> good to <laughs> have, have you inserted, that. parachuted into
4: I've reached that stage in life where I can't remember where I was last Friday, but I'm pretty certain I was here. Um, how was the mood after last night? So, you, uh, I, I, I didn't get to see the game, I'll admit, and I saw the result last night and thought, oof,
5: God, this must have been alright. Yeah, your plans sounded better than the match itself because mm-hmm. uh, we have discussed how you we were this morning you did mm-hmm. go through that so this is, uh, this is the second take the match very lucky Manchester United to get a point out of that first half was just terrible like it was, like, I think Roy Keane said in the Sky Sports studio was like an FA Cup tie where United are the lower league side and Chelsea are the dominant Premier League one um, I would say it was more like a testimonial United are <laughs> just walking around and I can't believe it was nil I, I, I'd be looking at Chelsea here like what's going on with Chelsea how did he not win this match they had numerous chances second half slightly better and then uh, like you know watching the entire match was probably worth sitting through that hour and a half plus just for those couple of minutes in the hour mark those two goals were absolutely brilliant probably had no business be- belonging to a match like as mediocre as that but two brilliant strikes Cristiano Ronaldo has scored eight of Manchester United's last nine goals He scored all of their last five goals um, it's just been a disaster for United like if they win the remaining three games they have to win United the remaining three games to actually equal their lowest points tally in Premier League history. And also it's it just the season's going out with such a whimper. I, I felt I must have said about two and a half to three months ago to Juran Owen, uh, Manchester United's season resembles, you know, the end of leaving CERT when no one's really sure what they're gonna do next and where where's everyone gonna go with the rest of their lives that summer. But it's really solidified now because United's last home game is Monday night against Brentford and then they're done for the season at Old Trafford and then they have two away games to Brighton and Crystal Palace. It's just such an underwhelming end to the season. Yeah. Uh, they can still uh, mathematically get fourth but I think Arsenal only need five points is it from the remaining games to secure fourth place.
3: Or to at least finish above United anyway. It's...
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah our, our, our Spurs can take it too. So I uh, like the season just needs to end faster. Like you look at Ralph Ragnick, sure he could be taking another job while he's being oh, at United, and you could just, you could actually hear the Old Trafford crowd talking amongst themselves last night. Now, you know the Old Trafford crowd gets a lot of criticism from rival fans that it's not exactly the most raucous of atmospheres at the best of times. But you could really feel like it was people just catching up and going to the pub. And there happened to be a match on at the same time.
3: You mentioned there that you're getting to the stage where you don't know where you were last Friday. I would say most people, including Chelsea, Manchester United fans, will be doing well to remember that this game actually happened last night. Next mm. week, it'll be one of those things that comes up in a quiz in a few years' time and be like,
4: "What? What? What? was that? Because it should we're, be. It should be an absolute monster game. Like Ronaldo, Alonso. Yeah, I have no recollection like football, of those goals. Like, he's got that written all over. But I mean, even, look at the Levenser analogy. Um, surely, like you're studying as hard as you possibly can, getting towards the finish line, and you're trying to get like it feels as if they've just entirely yourself? given up. And that might never look at when you haven't done anything up to that point.
5: On in my in my case, no, it's more socially. It's like what what are you going to do with the rest of your life, lads? Like are you going to college? Are you going to go travelling? You going to work or what? If, and it feels uh, like all the players I, have different answers. to that I think that. United are
4: like if if I can get those points, you know that th- number one choice that I have. That everybody knows you really haven't got a hope of getting. If, m- if, if if if
3: is it more like the Debs? It, rather than the exams themselves, like I mean, that at least the exams are kind of like filled with tension in the study hall, and people like yeah. as you say are, are working hard. Where it just kind of feels like the actual summertime of you're waiting for, you're waiting for the, the the
4: date that you really that you know the date that you know you really wanted that's not arrived, you know, not on the scene for a couple of months and you know you have to go through the rigmarole of oh yeah you know here's the flowers and is that what you're saying
3: yeah 100% that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs>
4: <laughs> um i did it it sticks out like a sore thumb to me when you look at Uh, Events over the last even maybe 24 hours that Liverpool are at the peak of the continuously upward trend that they're on right like they're they're, they are challenging for the titles on all fronts challenging for the quadruple whether it comes off or not the new manager has just signed a new contract like when we look back on the trajectory of where this Liverpool crew are at that form line is still up and up and up, right? Like there's no end to what could possibly achieve be achieved here. Added to the uh, the re-signing of Jurgen Klopp yesterday mm. for another couple of years, like this is everything is turning out Millhouse for Liverpool and Manchester United. Like based on the performance last night, plus the indications from Ralph Raniak now that he's signing up as a consultant to the club, they are at the 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 current lower end of a seemingly endless
5: race to the bottom The the consultancy role was was always going to happen. The problem with it is that it's so ambiguous as to what that actually entails. I, I think what actually is the issue now that's emerged over the last 12 hours or so is that Ragnick, you know even if he doesn't take it, has heavily considered this international job offer with Austria, which means I fear that that consultancy role would just die out within six months. And this is the same guy who said earlier this week that there's a major rebuild to be done, which I'm very excited to be part of. And I I saw someone on Twitter last night saying that rebuild lasted all of 24 hours, so if he's going to take this Austria job. And I think that's more of an issue. The consultancy thing was always a bit concerning because... It would have made sense if they were to say, well, we'll play to Ragnik's strengths. So he'll take this interim job for six months and then he'll be director of football at the end of it but we just don't know what he's going to consult about like is he just going to be on the end of a team's call if I, necessary you know, or I is he going to be heavily involved
4: I do think that is a kind of a crucial point because like the thing one thing that we've known from the Eric Ten Hag process that has leaked out that he was looking for absolute managerial autonomy he didn't want to come in as a head coach he wanted to have the hands fully on the rein a la Fergie and look it's never going to be quite to that extent but uh, in that mould right so where is the room after that for the consultant like and I know you're saying like because it was Jesus listen it's not that long ago that we were talking about Ralph Ranić possibly appointing himself to the job and it became apparent fairly quickly that that was just a ludicrous notion this mess that's at United now is clearly not of Ranić's making but he sure as hell has done absolutely nothing to improve it what is the body of evidence for this club to say based on what we've seen over the last what is it five months uh, you need to stay at this club in a consultancy role and is that role like you say Colm is this is he going to consult on the football side because if he is what's happened over the last five months has been an absolute shambles and nothing to recommend it into that position or is he going to consult on the business side in which case what in the name of hell has that guy been doing as the manager of Manchester
5: United for the last five months whatever the outcome none of it reflects well on the club I have to say as mad as this sounds and this would seem even stranger reacting to what you said, which is all very logical, and you can't, it's kind of hard to argue with. I actually kind of like Ragnick. I like his candour. I like the fact that he came into the job um, very ambitious and positive that he could be the man to turn it around or to turn our fortunes slightly around and improve United's fair to the end of the season. And I think what's happened over the course of the few months that he's been the job is that the players that he has at his disposal have basically depressed him. to the stage where he's coming out (laughs) and he's like like, I can't handle these lads not in that position bit by bit it was like look it's so obvious we need to improve in this area did he say they need as many as 10 players after the Arsenal defeat last weekend and I think he was being kind with the 10 Uh, and he's (laughs) because at the start he was like no no we're we're getting there you know like I have a great squad here you know we're a lot of talent we just need to put some shape on it and then if it was a film it would be like three months later and it was like yeah we need 10 new players at least and uh, I wish the new manager very well. And I think Eric, Eric's the right man for the job. Uh, you know, the same guy who said once earlier, as you said, Adrian, maybe I'll take the job myself. But the reason I like him is that uh, the home truth aspect of it is very cathartic for Manchester United fans who have suffered with this shite for nine years. And uh, I know it's, you know, you could say it's not the most professional thing to do to come out publicly and even subtly the way he does it. Um, complain about the players and their, maybe their attitude and their commitment to the cause. I don't know. Time will tell in five years' time if this was a necessary part oh, of United's history. But I do. I, I really. I don't think he he should have. He should lose any respect about what he's done in his uh, football. No, but career everybody in terms should, should go their separate ways and after. I really, the devs. I really don't think that this is his fault. What's happened in the last six months? I think he's done his best what he can possibly footage to a point if that's his best he's only managed for two seasons in the last ten but I don't blame Rydnick in this no but if that's his best where is the recommendation to keep him
4: on and he he seems he he seems like a lovely fella but I mean I've
5: absolutely no idea what he's added to Manchester United when he steps back and oversees the actual whole operation, which is what he's been very successful at in the last decade. So what's he, he doing he on the, the sideline? Yeah, what? but that's this will be the start. of it now this summer, oh. for the, for the sideline thing, like you know, you go back to Antonio Conte was available. If they really want Emircio Pochettino, just pay the compensation to PSG. But they thought, no, we'll do this uh, interim uh, agreement. And I have to say, I, I admit at the time, I thought it wasn't a bad idea because the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer reign had ended so terribly. And I thought Ragnar can maybe stabilise it. And actually, he did initially. It wasn't very exciting football, but the, the leaking of the goals stopped. There was a lot of one nils and 1-0s. It wasn't extremely exciting. It's not why you become a Manchester United fan, because of a sturdy defence. But the problem is, in the last month or so, that's gone out the window too. But I do kind of enjoy, <laughs> as strange as it is to say, I enjoy his uh, demeanour of, like, what do you want me to do with this bunch?
3: I think he's added to it on, on that level uh, like the theatre around Manchester United he's, I find him very very funny and Do you? Yeah, you yeah, 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 I've yeah, yeah, listened listen to a lot of Ragnik and I know he's, he's not intentionally being funny but it is very amusing I think um, not on the level of Roy Keane last night of course he was about to launch a full tirade into Ralph Ragnik who was about to double jaw between club and international <laughs> yeah. he was like oh I mean he's a consultant that that's just a murky yeah. title we can't be saying that What's interesting, what makes this obviously worse for Manchester United fans like Cullum here is the other news yesterday of Jurgen Klopp, as you mentioned there. And I wonder, are we at a place now looking at Liverpool where Manchester United were in 2001-2002, where, say, Liverpool fans or maybe even Arsenal fans at that point were like, ah, Ferguson's gone. He's talking about retiring at the end of the season. Ten years later, Manchester mm. United still the dominant team. Maybe it won't be another ten years with Jurgen Klopp at the helm. But we all thought, you know, 2024, that's it, done. It kind of felt like a done thing. Mm. But he seems like they've got this whole new lease of life. He's gonna like this, He's done this before the end of the season, which for me is really important because... He's now got a, a bunch of time off where there's no f- summer football for the first time in a couple of years uh, after presumably winning maybe one or two more trophies and he'll just come into next season totally renewed and Liverpool will be as strong as ever at the end of next season. If that doesn't make Manchester United fans more depressed then I don't know what will and the fact that it could go on for years and years and years and years and just the, a bad day all around for them.
4: The, the classy way even that he announced it like, you know, coming on like, you know, you stop wouldn't it. you wouldn't see stop Fer- stop. Fergie coming I, I on I singing Don't it Look well. Back at Anger like some sort of Manchester classic He he sang, uh, what was it, the Beatles song... I'm in love with you and I feel fine oh, actually, ah beautiful I, like, I I mean, saw just the, the classy nature of the man like that, that's how look at how it all should be done and I've no dog at the fight so I'm ni- neither uh, supporter <laughs> well, of one well, or the well, other
3: but... do that. why can't he just <laughs> Yeah, yeah what's
4: wrong? well like United go with like Sanchez playing the piano Liverpool have this lovely organic moment which you feel he just sort of came up at off the top of his head but like look the thing about Klopp and we should uh, luxuriate in that for Liverpool fans and I think if you're just a general football fan it's a good thing for the Premier League that Jurgen Klopp has signed up for another couple of years but like it's the club of his life isn't it like it's it's the Fergie United it's the Jose and Chelsea probably like I don't know Pep was talking about during the week that was it during the week or last week that he'll probably sign up for another couple of years with United. Uh, with City um, it doesn't feel like that's the club of his life necessarily given you know the success that he's had with his own club but it's the club of his life for Klopp it's just an incredible thing and like you talk about the succession or the future of Liverpool um, like he'll be there for another four years the, the guts of the squad that he has at the minute will be sort of like it's a young enough kind of a squad there'll be obviously a couple of big names gone out of it but you can see like there's some reports on the papers this morning about like it struck fear into the other clubs around the Premier League like it probably has to be fair they're around for the
3: next let's just beaten them when they're already down, I think, rather yeah. than striking fear. I think that the, the point of fear is long past when it comes to Liverpool and Manchester City.
5: Can I? Can I give you my crumb of comfort? Yes, on Jurgen Klopp extending his contract from the perspective of a Manchester United fan or any rival fan. No, please get deluded. Yeah, thank you. Um, there's nothing to say that he's definitely going to stay until 2026. So maybe, right? Bear with me here. Apart from his contract. Bear bear, bear with me here. He's extended his contract by two years in order to attract a better player uh, over the next couple of transfer windows because maybe he's thinking, well, if the players know I'm leaving in 2024 and a year ago I kind of hinted that I would leave at the end of my contract, well then maybe we won't get... Uh, as good a player, because I won't be there to manage them. So I'll extend my contract by two years, but I actually still have every intention of leaving. But in that's just a conspiracy because theory because on uh, the level of
3: oh yeah, the but it is. That was Casey Also,
5: can <laughs> we just timestamp this? That if it does happen in two years' time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can come I think back we could have us at, uh, every Friday morning start here with some random
4: like conspiratorial <laughs> thought from column. It's just a thought.
5: It? It's just a thought. Maybe now, uh, unfortunately, what will probably actually happen is that he won't. Just stay until 2026, but he might be exactly. a bit of an Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger on it and stay here for a couple of decades because I think by all accounts his family are very happy where they're living, which Ola, is the most Ola's important very thing. very happy,
4: he's, he's told Liverpool TV to 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 yesterday. If Stand you look bit, at it in, in four years' time, your conspiracy theory notwithstanding, because I would definitely feel in the opposite sort of camp, where uh, if they say fit uh, and don't get lured away by bigger clubs um, from like in, in terms of the starting sort of 11, 12, 13 players that he could he could be rotating Alisson Trent Alexander Arnold Van Dijk uh, might still just be going in, the, in their positions Robertson probably in the pace that's needed for his position he's probably gone uh, he'll be 32 at that point Canate will be in his prime Fabinho and Henderson will be gone James Milner will still be playing right? he'll be <laughs> yeah. sort of close to 40 and he'll still be around Thiago is gone Salah probably gone Mane as well but Jota uh, will be in his late 20s banging them in Luis Diaz the same uh, Firmino will probably have moved off to some retirement home like Newcastle um, uh Jones and Elliot like who knows about those the point being that he doesn't, he won't need to totally, even in four years' time entirely reinvent that squad. Like when you look at the quiet way they've gone about maintaining um, the squad over the last couple of years, with Diaz arriving in, the emergence of Giotto and those those players. Like I think I would be worried if I wa- if I was a non uh, anything but a
3: Liverpool fan. Ma- the one, if you, can I give you another crumb of comfort? Okay, Michael Edwards is going this summer, and yeah, one of true. one of those to, reasons to
5: Manchester United because uh, Ragnick's trying to get him alongside to work with him in the office office buddies that'll be a great signing um, look uh, with Klopp uh, maybe, maybe he maybe he won't stay that long he will so the, con- uh, the connection there is no
4: bigger connection between a manager it. and a club anywhere in world football than bigger than that connection right now like his so I, th- I actually believe that look Shankly will never be touched for what he did with the club he totally reinvented it he brought success and huge success at that time he will never be touched but like the club statue is already guaranteed, right? Another four years, probably at least one, two more Premier League titles, could win another European Cup. At that point, he's starting to reach the success levels of Shankly. He could well become the most successful manager ever of Liverpool. That's
3: it's what we're talking like the about. Name the stadium well, after him. Uh,
5: yeah, he'll have At least to stand. I would think he'll have to do a bit more than that. CV wise, Wikipedia wise, no, huge amount. He has, he's yeah. only won one Premier League and one Champions League. He has to keep he's going for a won fair He's one Premier League. Yeah, I so he's another that. two leagues to win. You know what, what I, if he wins another Champions League in an FA Cup, then he's past Shankly in terms I of think, success. I think. I think he's getting carried away, right? I think he's having a great <laughs> night out in the pub, right? And he's about to go home, and then the lads with him are like, "I just have one more. What time are you working tomorrow? No. I have just, no, I'll just have one more." And he was like. Ah, go on, I'll have one more. And he's going to wake up in the morning with a massive hangover next season. Mm-hmm. He's going to wake up, massive hangover, and he's like, why did, why did I sign this new contract? I was having such a great time. But it's like that uh, Wall Street analogy, right? Is it like if, you, if your stocks keep doing well and you're making money, you think I'm always going to make money on every punt I make. Klopp's thinking we're never going to lose again. I'm going to sign a new contract. But they will lose again. Mm. I liked your um,
4: leaving certain analogy. That last one
5: makes absolutely no sense. The pints are a great time in the pub. And it's very difficult to go home when you're having a brilliant time. And the pints before or after the debs? The The debs? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, that's United. United are having the
3: Debs. <laughs> Klopp's not like scoping no, no, around. No, no. um as of the Debs.
4: As a pure red uh, seeing all European Cup wins says Paul McGee. Klopp is Shankly 2.0. Uh, Peter G on YouTube you. I feel like the office spin-off following Ralph Ranick dealing with the characters of Manchester United would do pretty well. Like that is good. I'm, I'm having that analogy straight yeah. off the bat. Um, and then Dave Cars on YouTube is over another crumb of comfort for all non-Liverpool fans out there this morning Jesus lads
5: Liverpool might end up the season after winning only the Carabao Cup yeah that is absolutely true and I'm hearing the commentary being like Liverpool are on the verge of a historic quadruple. they've only won the League Cup
3: Well, the time of che- speaking that Chelsea last night you you see them beating Liverpool in the FA Cup final for a start um, no I don't think so I th- I'd
5: like a, I've- Chelsea are FA Cup specialists hmm uh, this century and then they'll play uh, Manchester City in the Champions League final and then if Pep doesn't go on a jazz solo and put you know a uh, good one in holding midfield ahead of Rodri or Fernandino, then Man City could have win that and then Man City would nah. probably win the league so what did you really say what's this fraud do and stay on for two more years like Liverpool will go nowhere if no I, trophies if to if be my seen if me had you know yourself there's a lot of ifs there lads and the body of evidence no, is, it's is, the quadruple the, the quadruple is if my auntie's oh, so fair
4: yeah. as, as kind of uh, Yasim says his area of expertise this is on Ranick I presume is being a football director his ability to temporarily manage a garbage team shouldn't stand against him for a role he actually excels at uh, David says Ralph has shown exactly what Manchester United are Um Paul says the demise of the Manx is a beautiful thing to see you'll never walk alone if not for Ronaldo 37 years of age they'll be battling relegation with Everton good morning gents he says Um, also we have uh, Shifty Lag good morning to you morning he says uh, watching NFL draft Own. I'm a Jets fan and seemingly we've uh, done well I'm a lifelong Manchester United fan can't help liking Klopp wow I want to see him under pressure though how angry uh, Klopp reacts uh, would be gas crack. We've already got good insight into that at various points or another. I did watch a little bit of the draft, the start of the draft last night, which, of course, you are a resident expert in on having mm-hmm. been there. and was in Vegas. Excelled. Um, it's three-year anniversary
5: th- of your video. It is.
4: They had yeah. various people sort of sidling up the red carpet, celebrities who I hadn't clue who they were who had a lot of work done. Uh, Donny Osmond was actually one of them. Um, and they'd come up and sort of do their little bit and sidle off. I didn't actually see any of... The action after that. You know goes. what,
3: the, the NFL draft has completely lost its all. like You just have people going on a jolly, going for a piss-up basically at the NFL draft. It's completely lost <laughs> what it's all about, which is good, old-fashioned, gridiron. <laughs> uh, Would so you go
4: back? You were in New Orleans, were
3: you? No, that was in Nashville. Nashville. That was like a pretty important part of the whole thing, Adrian. I can't believe you have forgotten.
4: Right, Colm, you'll be back into us later on to have a rant. I'm understood about carry uh, people everywhere, so we'll look forward to that a little bit later in the show. It's uh, gone 10 to 8 this morning, and you are watching RTBM brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Here's what's happening across the show this morning, between now and 10 this morning. Ronald Nagara standing by, live on the line, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on uh, pretty interesting times in the European Cup and at Munster as well. RGA uh, quick picks for the weekend coming your way at, uh, shortly after that this morning. Uh, just after 10 past 8 we'll have Will and Tommy on the line for that Uh, The sports pages, half past eight, plenty of coverage of the Katie fight this weekend, which we'll take you through uh, at that stage. We'll have sports news with Cahill at 20 to 9. Matt Jarvis, the former England international, uh, will join us on the line too. uh, We'll have a little bit more chat, I'm sure, about Manchester United after that performance last night and about Liverpool as well at uh, 10 to 9 this morning. A live crappy quiz at 10 past 9. Uh, Mild mannered Mick will be alongside myself and um, Nathan.
3: Uh, yes Nathan
4: uh, At 10 past 9 For a live 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 Crappy quiz And then Stephen Ward From the show last night Coming your way at half past 9 That is what's coming up
3: On the show this morning At 7.52 on this Friday morning It is time to turn our attention To rugby And Ronan O'Gara Is on the line Ronan good morning to you
2: Hi yeah, Hi
3: Adrian how are you Yeah very well Big weekend this weekend for yourselves, playing Toulouse. Five wins on the bounce for your team at the moment, only one defeat in your last nine. I presume that just leads to the sense of momentum rolling up against one of the best teams in the top 14.
2: Yeah, it does, exactly. Um, And, uh, yeah, Mm. nine o'clock tomorrow night in in the stadium. So it's football stadium in Toulouse, so it's not their homegrown, so... uh, it's been sold out since whatever a few weeks and um, uh, it's a bit of a bogey team for us I suppose to lose and the fact that since um, one of the last two seeds, we played them five times and we haven't uh, managed to get the better of them so um, there's an opportunity to hopefully uh, do something with that tomorrow night but as you say at home it's it's in their home it's not easy but we're in good form there's a good buzz in our camp and uh, the boys seem to be enjoying it and that's uh, why you get involved in sport for opportunities like this, so we go down from there um, looking to play.
3: What have you learned over those five games in terms of trying to stop those half backs that everybody obviously talks about with two lose?
2: It's weird in the fact that the, the show goes on, you know, like losing two finals, it feels nearly like five years ago in, in my mind, and the fact that it's, it's yet so near, yet so far, because when you consider we lost four of our five first league games, the. Yeah. And under the pump in terms of selections and needing points. And I suppose your mindset has to be a little bit different because you need to get in the top six. I and mean, I don't know how closely you're following it this year, but like it's, I don't think it's ever been a top 14 like it where we're three games away from the end of the regular season and nine teams can qualify for, for the six positions. So there's a, I suppose huge excitement over here for that competition um, because the Bouclier is bigger than the European cup um so we need to be in the top six uh you look at it i think if toulouse win this weekend they'll be equal points with us uh and both of us are kind of tr- looking to scramble scramble into it into it uh because montpellier are, are ahead and little things i suppose become big things at this stage of season one or two go straight to a semi-final um While um, it's still possible for us, obviously, if we were to win or remain in three games, which is entirely doable. Um, But um, uh, going back, I suppose, to where we started, we have momentum and uh, I think we're we're playing well. And we gave our French international spin the weekend last week. A lot of them got away to the States and... uh, I think Tunisia for a bit of a break, so they've come in this week and added a little bit of energy, and we need that now for 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 the final, I suppose. Uh, running.
3: Uh, we were speaking to you a few weeks ago, Ronan. I think after the first of the three games against Bordeaux, and obviously there was the the situation in terms of you're going to go in front of a hearing to see whether there be any disciplinary action taken over the, the next little while. You seemed totally relaxed about it at the time that the team was, was going to be able to there wasn't even an issue whatsoever for the team w- was that the truth w- was that exactly how you felt given that you did end up winning all three games did, did you know it was going to be okay basically
2: no because you're never sure because you're not you're dealing with emotions and you're dealing with human beings and that's the sport you know I think uh, that's what makes it so fascinating it's the same as goal kicking in, in some I suppose, components for me. Some days you're practicing, you feel like the exact same te- technique and it's so easy and you can nearly do it with your eyes closed. And Then you go other days, and you're kind of pushing the ball right and you're left and you're going, why are you doing that? Because it's, you feel like you're doing exactly the same, I suppose, process or steps or cues uh, to do it. And it's the same with coaching a team and the fact that you're just kind of hoping for transfer, I suppose. What was evident for me in my early days in La Roche was, was how do we expect to play well on Saturday if we're not going well Monday to Friday? Well, I think at now we kind of have, I suppose, um, a, a few components of our game are strong, which you can rely on when pressure comes on. And then you see that on a Saturday. Um, so the Bordeaux game, the big game was obviously the, the league game, and... Um, And then we went into um, Europe back to back, which was the first time, obviously, as you know, in that competition. And we played on Saturday at two o'clock. Saturday at two o'clock down there, and it was our best performance of the season so far. We 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 walloped them, Uh, but we played, I suppose, a high-tempo game with a lot of intensity, with a lot of, I suppose, uh, physical uh, players, which. Put what twenty well not end up us being eighteen points ahead for the second leg, which meant nearly the second game was dead if, if we started well. Which uh, we couldn't have been probably more unimpressive for the first forty minutes at home, but we kind of regrouped at halftime and, and I wouldn't say fell across the line, but uh, got the job done uh, really well in the fact that we could make changes for Perpignan, which was the game the week after. But in that game, we made a lot of changes and we didn't get the bonus points offensively. So, you know, you're always scratching your head a little bit because it's never straightforward.
4: Did you get to give uh, Christoph Urias, did you get to have that glass of wine or did you give him a thumbs up after the trilogy was over?
2: No, I think it was a good message in the fact that, uh, you know, over here, some people, I suppose, just love talking to the media, maybe one of them. Uh what was important for me the supporters the club I think was was 3-0 we'd see them again this season so there will be there's a bigger day ahead as well so uh, you know I think I keep reminding the players and ourselves that we're in the business to fight performance so that's what we need to do
3: Can I ask from your pre-match analysis of Toulouse for this weekend does that give you hope that Munster will have a better outcome against them this season than they did in Europe last season?
2: Whoa, I never even think like that. i like nothing my made. It's like uh, the reality, I suppose, when you're managing 40 players and trying to get the best out of them, and you got to remember every time you announce 23, you know I mean? 40% of your group are bitterly disappointed and, and aren't really open to you for the next 48 hours because you've disappointed them. you essentially... You know what I mean, stuff to dagger into their heart because this is what they do, this is what makes them feel good by representing their club and, and showing what they can bring. And by you doing that you don't give them that opportunity so I have to manage I suppose uh, their emotions and that's the most important thing in players and the fact that if they are feeling good average, top miserable, it's very different for every single one and you multiply that by 40 players and 30 staff, uh, you got to get, a, I suppose, you've got to pretty good at processing emotions uh, and making decisions on the run in terms of how you, I suppose, can get your your troops on side which you for, for the weekend. So what we will do is we, what we do every week is that we look at the opposition and we look at uh, their threats and, Uh, the preparation genuinely for Perpignan it would be the same as it is for Toulouse but what is noticeable is that Toulouse have uh, more threats than Perpignan and they have the greatest threat in the game in DuPont so yeah we have a system a defensive system which won't change this weekend but will it be tested yes most definitely because you've got a guy who's uh, I suppose who's very capable and regularly breaks a lot of rules and makes his team um, and himself look better than so many other players in the world. So we know where they've threats, They've ten Grand Slam of the twenty, uh, ten of the twenty-three of the Grand Slam winning team. Uh, they've a lot of exceptional individuals. But I suppose what I'm trying to convince our guys and and myself is that the you know the the strength of the group. And the strength of the team and uh, believing in our fundamentals can can overpower uh, individual threats.
4: How is he breaking rules? Is it around the fringes, or what are you seeing?
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's it's there's nothing on. There's nothing on, and then all of a sudden, bang off his left foot, bang off his right foot, fend and he's gone. And like what people underestimate, it's not. You know I mean, with, with, with the greatest of respect, it's not Peter Stringer who's carrying the ball. It's a guy who's incredibly powerful. You know, what I mean, it's probably, uh, you mean, there's probably similarities between uh, Brian O'Driscoll near the line to Dupont with the ball. You know, that's that's how much of a oh. of a of a dangerous ball carrier he is. But he's got incredible power, and he's got. In, very, very good footwork, but I think what's probably been underappreciated by a lot of people is, is uh, his kicking metres. I think in the England game, did he kick for 600 metres in the game alone, which, you know, his capacity to kick off either foot from 22 to 22 is is a good tool to have. And is it, the,
4: the that power, I suppose, might be underestimated to a degree by opposition, although increasingly you would wonder how that might be the case, but the is it almost a guess that the referees are underestimating that they're like oh, here's this nippy scrum half and you give him a bit of leeway and he's you give him an inch and he's taken a mile who the referee yeah well in the sense of the when you're saying about him breaking the rules or whatever and
2: been able to get away with that no no sorry bre- no nothing sorry there's a mis- misunderstanding there in terms of we have defensive rules sorry in terms of how we kind of set up around the rock so there's kind of certain I suppose Q's criteria uh, fundamentals you give your players around a rock and rugby what they've got to do you know Mm. so for us uh, we could still be in place and DuPont could actually break our rules is what I'm trying to explain you know and the fact that we're in place there doesn't seem to be a gap and all of a sudden uh, he's gone and once he breaks the front line then you're in trouble
3: uh, Ronald, I just wanted to ask you about uh, the situation at Munster at the moment. Uh, have you seen a, a bit of a better vein of form for Munster, a bit of a better version of Munster, since there's been just a little bit more clarity in the coaching situation over the last little while? I'm
2: oh, not too sure. Uh, is it linked? But what I think is very obvious was uh, how well they played against Ulster. I watched that game, and it's entirely last weekend. And um, Munster looked very, very good. Uh, I suppose the one... Uh, surprise was when they were so on top that they didn't kick on but then I suppose I had to remind myself the game was in in the Kingspan and it was Ulster a very good team in front of them but Munster I suppose really had um, the upper hand early enough in the game they defended really well their attack with Diolandi and Carberry looked uh, very very interesting and they played with a lot of more wit than usual I thought but I'm not uh watching them every week for 80 minutes so i have to be accurate in what i say as well but they uh i i think they they looked like they played a little bit more freely and they i think definitely reduced the amount of times uh they, they box kicked but um they looked uh they looked very sharp they looked uh to have threats all over the pitch and um some of the forwards were, were very impressive uh, is it Kandelin is that how you yeah. pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, looks like a, an incredibly exciting prospect uh, Gavin Coombs wasn't wasn't involved so you paired the two of them up with a Peter O'Mani, with Jaco Donahue uh, with John Klein. Uh the front row were good against Ulster so um, it's it's um, you know I mean, they're finding their form at, at exactly the time you need to be finding their form and uh, the game in, in Dublin um, will be um, will be a very, very interesting game. It's
3: looking like Mike Prendergast is going to be the front runner to get the attack coach job and Dennis Leamy obviously linked with the defence coach job for next season's coaching ticket at Munster. How excited would you be about those
2: appointments? Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm obviously... I know the two guys really well but like I... I uh, have a fair idea that Mike is is talking to them but uh, Mike is in contract with Rasmus so you'd hope that um, you mean that Munster understand what that means because it's it's this is the guy they need and um, if there's a guy to get with him it's Dennis Leamy uh, Dennis Leamy left uh, an indelible mark on me as a player as a person and I uh, I I like that he's a perfect example of a guy with ambition because everyone in Munster was absolutely shocked that Dennis Leamy would go to Leinster uh, to coach. Dennis Leamy is smart. He wants to be world-class. He goes to an environment that I think gives people or coaches the potential to be world-class with the expertise they have in that building. Um, And if Munster... Are smart, they get this guy because this guy is an absolute gem. I couldn't, I think, give him enough praise. He's, uh, when he spoke in our dressing room, uh, it was so accurate, it was so to point, and it was like just as I said in the show before, it left you with, oh, please speak more often, Dennis, please speak more often. But I think, uh, very, very wise, very, um, very interesting guy, and, um, uh, i kind of obviously haven't been following what's going on much at home uh but I saw one article where those two were paired up and uh for me that's uh that's uh, the absolute ticket to get excited about these two are would be a fantastic combination
3: right uh, like the the Leamy, um, coaching graph is really interesting i mean from from schools to to club it, it like it, it almost felt from the outside looking in at Leamy's path that he was borderline falling through the cracks as a coach, considering what you're saying there and how much of a presence that he's known to be within people who've, who've played with him and, and who have coached him?
2: No, that would be the, th- that would be the biggest, I think. Um, error one would make on... I, this guy is unbelievably calculated, hugely driven, but has that, I suppose... Um, I don't know, is it tip cuteness or is it tip shyness or is it tip ruthlessness inside him, uh, in the fact that he knows exactly what he wants where he wants to get there, how he wants to get there, would have a lot of uh, um, I suppose uh, self-confidence but humility underneath it all and um, Dennis has a fantastic brain um, I loved playing with him I I loved team meetings with him and I've been in contact with him since, since both of us have have retired and uh, all Dennis sought was an opportunity and he didn't. Uh, I think he was probably incredibly hurt by what happened in his early coaching, probably career, but not being him an opportunity uh, in Munster. And uh, I think uh, that was probably the moment where, okay, well, I'm on my own. Now I've got to make decisions for myself. And he, he got an opportunity with Leinster and Leinster being the organization, they are incredibly smart in this. They uh they 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 target because they knew this guy can go to add huge value. what Dennis Leamy me know is but well, he's in the senior coaching group in Leinster. So you mean I I suppose with the big advantage for Munster is that he has a young family, and I think he commutes from Tip to to uh to Dublin. So that's a a, a massive, I suppose, advantage for Munster. But in terms of uh I suppose, weighing up. it For me, as a coach, it's not an easy decision to leave Leinster.
4: They have a bit of a blank canvas monster in terms of what the roles might be. What will he do, do you think, or what's best suited to him?
2: Uh, he's suited to so many. Adrian, that isn't the issue. It's about getting the right people, I think. For me, then you can give him roles and responsibilities. But if you've got, you know what I mean, um, turkeys, it's hard to put a turkey to, 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 to lead something. And I'm not... Aiming that at anybody at all i 'm just saying that once you have the quality of person in Mike and Dennis, then they know they rug be the inside out uh, it 'll be very very straightforward
4: can I just ask you as well on the round tree piece because I don't think we 've sp- spoken to you since that 's been confirmed the you went through something very similar yourself last year, obviously in terms of moving from coach up to the big gig. Is it just a case of like he doesn 't he 's worked around plenty of camps and he 's seen all of it up close and personal but doing the gig is it just a matter of getting on with it and there's no amount of words that can replace actually doing it and that by virtue of that that a bit of patience is required from Monster fans
2: yeah I, I, I just think too that the guy is 51 years of age he's in rugby all his life he's in top level rugby uh, he gets rugby he understands what's required but what I'm learning in my role too it's about do the things that you're really good at and get the other people to do the things that you're not really good at and then it works. But don't think you're really good at everything, because if you think you're really good at everything, you're not going to you won't succeed. So I mean, I think where I struggle, I suppose, is I'm really good in the short term, I think. But like in terms of people asking me for pre season games, that doesn't interest me at the minute. And I put my hand up and I, I said to my sporting director, Can you have a look at that and get that boxed off for me? I think there's so many ways of doing it, and I said it comes back to, I suppose, having clarity in what your roles and responsibilities are. Once that's established, once you have secure people who want to share information, then you can kind of change lanes and cross ideas, and then it becomes very interesting. But I think Graham Longtree from uh, from pure rugby pedigree, he's top class, and and as a bloke, I think he's top class, and and give this guy a, a, a chance, he'll be great good stuff, thanks William. million cheers, thanks. see you guys from
4: on the line there from uh, La Rochelle. interesting stuff on uh, Dennis Leamy and uh, the possibility of Mike Prendergast rocking up there sometime soon, it's suddenly been sort of developing into a bit of a dream team, isn't it?
3: Yeah, you obviously don't want to uh, jump out in front of it too quickly in case it doesn't happen. But the Leamy insights there are really interesting. And the reasons why they're interesting is because uh, I'm probably guilty of not knowing a whole pile about his coaching career to date and not knowing enough about the man. And as Ronan said there, maybe Munster didn't make enough of the resource that they had in Leamy. who was keen to get into coaching. But maybe in the long run, that'll benefit Munster in, in an ironic way, given the fact that he's seen much more with grassroots systems in Ireland. Has seen what it's like to be in the backroom team in Tipperary hurling. Yeah, obviously helped them to a 2016 All Ireland win. That was S&C, wasn't it? Was that? I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Sure I just I just remember him being part of that uh, long list of backroom uh, um, uh, people involved in in that squad. So he's had a very interesting post playing career, and it does sound like he'd be quite the acquisition for Munster at this moment
4: well look at it I think we might have spoken about this last week but the similarities between it and Manchester United are not quite as stark but certainly uh, you could put yourself in the position of being one of the rival supporters let's say and you know this looks like Munster getting their act together
3: all they need now really is to sign Mac Hansen
4: (laughs) shrewd shrewd move on interesting point though Hmm. Um, right, it is nearly a quarter past eight. It's Friday morning. You're watching Out to PM. It's Owen and Adrian with you all the way until ten, and we've lots still to come. Live Crappy Quiz a little bit later in the show. Some of these critics, these pundits, I absolutely adore them, lads. I
2: have unbelievable time for them but they're, they're a great punch when it's not acceptable. For- like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency. But they
6: just dismiss you like like you, you know you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion.
4: Twenty past eight, Friday morning. Good morning to you, wherever it is you are at. Do keeper comes coming into us. Plenty flooding in about Liverpool, and Manchester United, and uh, plenty more besides as well. If you have any thoughts about the GEA, particularly for the next uh, ten or fifteen minutes, do lash them into us. Uh, uh, must have an owner now joined for the uh, weekly quick picks. Will and Tommy. Good morning to you.
7: Morning, guys. morning. What's happening? How are you? All good. Yeah.
4: We would do want it's to remind sunny. our. Uh,
8: Sunday, Friday, a bank holiday, Adrian, all looks like it's set up for a nice weekend, and now we'll have a strike rate of probably around 15% in the quick picks to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> have a look at the scoreboard <laughs> in a
4: minute, Will. But before all of that, I want to remind uh, our audience, and maybe we could be breaking news some of our audience on that the uh, football pod with Paddy Andrews Whoa. and James O'Donoghue are hitting the road this summer, and we want uh, our audience to be there. Now, this is, I must uh, I confess, Tommy's 15th time to be on air to talk about this. So. Um,
7: True. We can put that out there Tommy But first stop
4: on this uh, summer tour You're off to Castlebar.
7: Going to Castlebar, Adrian We're really excited It's June the 2nd Tickets are available now Are they still available? Or will we, we'll find out in a little while I think they were, they were going very fast yesterday So um, tickets are available now And it's in Mayo But it's not going to be just about Mayo So if you're from a neighbouring county It's the week after the Connacht kind of final Qualifiers are coming up that weekend I've had a couple of clubs on to me already. They're thinking about getting a bus down, a bit of a team bonding session, staying in Castlebar that night. <laughs> June 2nd, it's the Thursday before the bank holiday weekend.
4: i want to give you a few recommendations for pubs on there as well. He's basically Castlebar's. Well, there's o- pub.
3: there is only one pub that matters in Castlebar, of course, which is McBurns. Uh, yeah. will, will there be Medium and Chips uh, for the wider public that-, that night, I wonder, rather than, you know, just people who've will- uh, done the town of service? Like, Remind like us what the Medium is. It's yeah. half, half a pint, well, you know, if, if he likes you, he'll fill it up to about seven-eighths and, uh, and chips. From I Matt's think only... of what? Of Guinness. Without. He pours
4: half a pint and serves it up to you. Adrian it's just
3: doesn't immediate. get it. I mean,
4: I want people to go no. to the show, but...
3: Adrian just doesn't get it.
7: Adrian, you, nah, will, you wouldn't I'm be getting... It. I'm not surprised whatsoever.
3: People get it. He, yeah. Like, I mean, Adrian will be... Um, well, are you going to like bring a, a case of wine with you, and are you going to bring your own cheese? Like, I mean, no, no. Listen, I mean,
4: I'm. I'm uh, that's 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 proper Guinness territory. On, but I mean, I can't the half pint stuff. I just can't have like. Well, what's the your drink of choice? Guinness.
3: Yeah, I'm sure it is
4: Guinness or a glass nice glass of red I'm wine. Sure is your? I'm sure it is. com forward slash events. You get more of this type of banter on the stage uh, on the night. Tommy's guaranteeing it. Well, um, no, I'm
7: guaranteeing points. It's an over eighteen's event, okay, sorry, just to okay. let people
4: know, so I'm guaranteeing <laughs> points. Castlebar, June second, place to be. You might or might not see Owen. He's got farm down there, so you, you know it could be a special appearance. Um, OTBsports.com forward slash events get your tickets now. Right, quick picks. Have we got a table of what happened last week? No, we don't. Right. Thanks, Will. That's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take whatever help I'm, give, I'm given. Are we starting afresh this week? Or are we? Are we? What, th- Tommy is sort of half running the show and not really running the show. And columns not, no, not running the show. We'll do. We'll have that conversation again. Let's get straight We've into the quick picks then. More
8: reboots than Spider-Man at this stage. <laughs> <to keep laughs> quick picks this year.
4: We have no other option but to get headlong into it. And we're going to start with the hurling. I'm going to start with Claire uh, Cork against Claire I should say. And uh, this is split on myself and Tommy are all going. Claire, Claire, Ashling and Will are going Cork Um, and like it is there are a couple of these fixtures that were actually really hard to call my logic here Will and I'll throw it to you to begin with was uh, for Clare was last weekend winning at Semple like Tony Kelly was my response when I came to predicting games last year and predicting Clare to win and Cork like just hard to judge at the minute like any team beaten by Limerick are hard to judge only that it was 11 points and that was kind of what swung it for me in Clare's direction
8: Yeah, the funny thing about last weekend was that it wasn't even the Tony Kelly show. Now, Tony Kelly did an awful lot, particularly uh, with his running to create space for others. But it wasn't the case of Superman Tony last week. It was really Peter Duggan and Shane O'Donnell coming back into the team and adding an extra dimension to that Clare side against Tipperary. Now, Tipperary did not play well, but that does not take away from the fact that Clare were excellent. John Conlon, again, is settling in very well at centre-half back. And some of his runs forward were creating chances for others. Duggan seemed to catch every long ball that Clare put in. And Clare put in three goals it was almost like a blitzkrieg attack against Tipperary. Now in the second half Tipperary offered up some, or sorry Claire offered up some chances to Tipperary that Cork's quick forward line will be hoping to maybe exploit this coming weekend. The reason I'm back in Cork though is that I'm half expecting a response from them after what happened against Limerick. They were able to go to Ford Island last weekend, they had the week off they've been able to maybe dust themselves off after what was a pretty comprehensive defeat that they took against Limerick in round one and Cork's backs are up against the wall like if they lose this game, not ideally they have to go to Semple Stadium because of you know, Ed Sheeran playing at Porky Cueve they would much prefer this to be on Lee side as opposed to having to go to a Semple Stadium where Clare picked up a win against Tipperary last week as you mentioned but I just think there's maybe a kick in Cork and I'm backing them to provide a response but oof, like to try and back this Cork team when you see how things went in the league final how they went against Limerick in the two games that mattered so far I realise that I'm probably going slightly against logic expecting this Cork team to do it but I've been impressed in some other games by Cork this year it's just if we can see a performance like say the second half against Kilkenny in the league semi-final or some of the games like Galway at home which they played in the league this Cork team has more than enough ability to take down Clare but by golly I'm not confident about this pick whatsoever
3: I, th- I think their favourites aren't they will Cork to win this game But like, yeah, it,
8: it, ju- just about but like, this yeah. is not one that if I was going down to the bookmakers I'd want to be putting a whole lot of money on if I was going to back Cork because if Clare hurl like they did last week and if Cork are in any way flaky whatsoever Clare go two wins out of two and a team who the bookmakers had made fifth favourites to qualify out of Munster would be really well placed to qualify so aside mm. from just the game itself this is a really important match in the shake up for the qualification from the Munster Championship if Cork lose I think it's all but done for them because I don't see them beating Waterford and if Clare win they're in a really strong place to qualify
3: definitely like as far as like literal like mini league games go it feels close enough to knock out and it feels they've like Cork lose, you're going to have Darrow O'Shea next week saying the Cork hurlers are also a disgrace. Yeah. And if they win, it'll be like, oh, Cork are back. Are they actually the second best team in the country? So, like, I think that that's, oh, yeah, the, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. The, the spectrum of outcomes here with regards to a win or a loss. And then obviously the very black and white notion of an extra two points on the board. And I think whoever wins this game is going to qualify out of the group with Tip and, or with uh, Limerick and Waterford. So it's just such a massive game. Like, for me, when I pick Claire, it's a very simple thing that you look at, Cork getting castigated for their defensive performance two weeks ago and Clare getting lauded for their attacking performance last week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, from our prediction standpoint, it's rarely that simple and Derek McGrath this morning is making the point that actually there's been too much focus on the Cork backs. It's about the forward effort. It's about what they've been doing uh, in the middle third of the pitch that needs more of a magnifying glass put on it. And that's where you might not fear for Clare, but that's they're, they're probably weaker in those departments and they will be up front, certainly on the evidence of last week. So that. Makes me very, very confused about this. I don't know what's going to happen, yeah, well, but more, I'm just edging clear.
4: The more Will was talking, the more I was going with my own, uh, my own prediction there. Um, and Kenny next. Owen, Ashling and Will all gone Kilkenny and myself and Tommy have made the wise choice here with uh, with Galway and I, when you talk about Tommy agonising over which way to swing at on this one like the Kilkenny obviously edging them last year in the Leinster final but generally over the last four or five years Galway having just about the edge of them you add in the Henry stuff and I, it brought to mind actually uh, the Brian O'Driscoll documentary that you um, chat with Henry that you produced last year and the chat mm. that he had in that do you remember he was talking about the Hale stuff and how he would never be able able to manage against his own and that obviously yeah. was never going to apply at inter-county level but but it does tell you about the mindset of the man and what, how, I suppose number one how hard it's going to be for him but number two he'll want to drive it home to Kilkenny
7: I, I agree with you I agree with you I think there could be a statement performance from Galway here this weekend I think they're looking back much the same way Cork are looking back on that opening league game I think they're going to come back with a response here there were six points up on Wexford, they let it slip uh, both teams had big wins last week against Westmead and Leash I don't think we can read much into that mm. I think part of the I'm surprised the Kilkenny are our favourites here I, like, Will I, I'd like to get your take on this why are you strong Kilkenny I would feel that Galway possibly have it on them in the physicality stakes I think that Galway are probably going to beat them when it comes to the long puck out. Um I think at times with Kilkenny there's a danger that we can build them up to be something that they were before I don't think Kilkenny are the team that we've seen a couple of years ago I just think that Galway are on the rise here and that they're going to take them.
8: Well, on the puck-out point, Galway have got the worst puck-out retention rate in the Championship so far this year. Puck-out's actually been a big problem for them so far. Have Kilkenny so been not been poor where, as well? Um, they've been better at winning secondary possession, though, after the puck-out. And Kilkenny have been better at protecting their short puck-out or at least being effective with it. There's a really good piece, if anyone wants to see it, I think I've plugged it probably in the hurling pot a couple of times now too, which is um, Sean Finn's piece, which mm. is uh, Sean Flynn, the former uh, Tipperary analyst who's put this together, that particularly Galway have got a problem where they go one step short and then don't get the ball up to the other end of the field I think only 12% of their puckouts in the first couple of games have actually got into the opposition half which has been a big problem when you consider as Tommy has mentioned that they've got a lot of big men in their half forward line so in theory you would imagine that mixing up the puckouts, and maybe going a bit longer might actually give them more ball retention but so far they've been trying to work the ball through the lines it's been you know mixed effectiveness so far look the thing is I'd be a lot more confident about Galway if Conor Whelan was fit and uh, Conor Whelan's hamstring appears to be keeping him out for another week maybe two weeks so he's definitely going to miss this Kilkenny game I think that strips a lot away from their full forward line he would have kept Hugh Lawler incredibly well occupied this weekend in Salt Hill had he been fit to play Galway have been just again very much the unknown entity is what's been said about Galway so far this year like against Wexford as you mentioned They're six points up going down the stretch and even they've got a four-point lead when it goes to injury time. They should have been closing Mm. out that game. And in the first half of that game, they should have been far more clinical, which they weren't up front but if it clicks for them and like if Carl Mannion particularly starts to pull the strings further out the pitch this Galway team have got all the ability to take down Kilkenny this weekend but Kilkenny have been good have been really really good this year and like I take Taggy Fogarty's point in OTBM earlier this week which is that because of the way that the fixtures have fallen really beating Dublin and Parnell Park is maybe the only big performance that Kilkenny have had to put in so far this year because Waterford were already effectively qualified for the league final and they lost the league semi-final away from home against Cork but Kilkenny have been solid and I like the way that the fixtures Fixtures fell for Kilkenny because they needed their players to come back in, especially the Ballyhale players. They had Leash and Westmeath in the first two weeks of this round robin, able to just ease it back in. Get TJ Reid his first championship start against Leash last weekend, and now they look primed to go across the Shannon and have an assault on Galway this weekend. I fancy Kilkenny by a couple of points and Kilkenny should sweep out their fixtures and be into the final of Leinster. I think there's a very, very good chance that Kilkenny go three in a row in Leinster this year.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm with him on that. I think if if you're ever looking for a compass on life in general, you can always look to the Star Wars prequels. And uh, what we have this week is Anakin versus uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, what you have, what Star Wars tells us, is that The Apprentice will get beaten Initially, he will literally have the legs cut from underneath him, but he might come back a more darker force at some point in the future and eventually gain his revenge. So this Cody versus Shefflin rivalry may be something that we see over the next little while this week. I'm picking Cody over Shefflin. All right.
4: It might only have a couple of years in it, of course, for, uh, for obvious reasons, but we'll see. Uh, On to the football, the serious stuff, uh, Tommy. So here's we go with uh, Tyrone Derry to begin with. And it's uh, Tyrone across the board, apart from Tommy. Now, mm. I do have uh, form, obviously, see Galway, for uh, underrating the underdogs.
7: But uh, you're not going to get caught, Tommy you're Derry, all the way. Wow. Oh, I'm. Derry all the way can you say I'm Derry all the way I'm, well it's down there in red and, red and white it's so a big call on. from Tommy Rooney is it? Mm. It, it is a big call I just think this game is far closer than 3-1 to one or whatever the odds are I think Toronto are 1-3 on I'm okay Tyrone have had a game against Romano which is massive for them and the last time we saw Derry they had stuttered towards the end of that league campaign but I just think Rory Gallagher has had his eye on Tyrone he knew he'd be facing Tyrone the All-Ireland champions in the Ulster quarter final. Rory Gallagher wants to win Ulster. He's a traditionalist. He had, we had him on the football pod last year. Didn't want to hear anything about proposal B because he wants to win Ulster. I just think that he's got this Derry side primed for this. I really do. Um, wasn't convinced by the format performance by Tyrone. Those two goals they can see they're later on. People can swat them away and say, oh, they switched off, or you know, they were in a really strong position and they just. I, championship football doesn't work like that. I just think. Things aren't 100% in that camp. I really don't. We know about the departures and I'm not blown up beyond what it is. I, I just think that it, things aren't 100%. I think Conor McKenna being back, is a, getting a suspension overturn is a big plus for them. Um, I know Derry lost Kieran McFall. The Throne have lost seven footballers in that camp. That would be making a big difference in training or would be knocking on the door to get starting. I don't think that depth is there. Derry should have beaten Donegal last year. Shane McGuigan back if McGuigan was there they probably would be promoted and they be in Division 1 if he was there against Roscommon in the last couple of minutes probably would have scored that free I'm back in Derry boys
3: Yeah that's an, that's an interesting point on McGuigan especially because I, I guess I kind of overlooked that when like one of my arguments here is that Derry tailed off at the end of the league when you're missing mm-hmm. your main scoring threat Uh, Chances are you're going to tail off at the end of the Mm -hmm. league, and like for me, I'm kind of using that as a sort of their their form is on uh, a a bit of a dip, kind of like we were looking at Armagh at the end of the league, being like they're on a bit of a dip. And I think that kind of those chickens came home to roost last week a little bit for Armagh, so I'm kind of looking at Derry in the same way. And the fact that this hasn't been a rivalry recently, this used to be in the '90s. This was an absolutely ferocious rivalry. I think I speak for everybody when I say we want to see a fight this weekend. We want to see an all out brawl this weekend because that will signify that Tyrone versus Derry is back as a rivalry, and that will be the flag that to, to, to suggest that that this. Thing is real and we have an actual contest so that's the base we're operating off here that we actually get you know, a contest, and I think it will be I think Derry proved against Donegal last year they are able to mix it with the top teams but I still think there's a long road for them to go before they actually beat one of these teams um, maybe, maybe they'll have travelled that and they'll get the job done this weekend but I'm, I'm surprised you've actually gone for them to win the game as opposed to just saying it's going to be close to the weekend Tommy <laughs>
4: and like also the Rory Gallagher wants to win Ulster like to use your analogy Luke Skywalker wanted Darth Vader to be a loving father but it was never going
7: to happen <laughs> 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 <laughs>
8: not to ruin that analogy but he was the loving father he again. was, I I was Great dad. Like, so what you're saying is
3: Tommy's right after he drank right. out of a coffee mug that's like, <laughs> the world's best dad
4: <laughs> uh right I mean I I, I actually I'm buying the Tyrone are not all might not be all that they're um, that they were last season obviously and the the departures obviously will probably play out in the long run I just don't believe it's against Derry Westmead Longford let's have a gander Tommy's not having that. That's fine. We've finally all concluded. We've all drawn the right conclusion on a game. And we've all gone for Westmead. I really am. Right, dude. I'm, uh, this could be the high... When I talk about Liverpool earlier, I've been at the high-water mark of their trajectory. I feel that right now could be the high-water mark of Westmead summer because uh, I, I have to say that um, I have become disillusioned by um, predicting Westmead to win games. they turned up at the end of the league. I mean, I don't even know if, if I feel as strongly as that, but let's go with that. Uh, they, they scraped didn't the turn up
8: against Longford, the way They, they did, not. did not.
4: They did not. They scraped a draw against Romana at the end. They beat Antrim up north, but, Will, as you absolutely rightly point out, that four-point loss to Longford and Mullingar was the absolute kick in the stones that resulted in them not getting... Uh, out of the riffraff as I think I described it earlier in the year of Division 3 and away from an area that they don't belong in I have absolutely lost confidence in predicting with any sort of uh, sense of certainty as what's going to happen with them but like they are to make a case for them they are along with Down and Offaly amongst the highest ranked obviously the teams that are uh, I'm talking about the Talton Cup now in the in the certainty that Westmeath are going to get to a Leinster final and uh, you know again lift themselves up by the collar um, so look I don't know the, I'm hoping that this weekend and it's a hope now rather than with any great confidence but that we can keep the Sam Maguire fire burning and uh, you know that it's not back to the Talton Cup with us
3: Long for beating in the league
4: Yeah, four points. but But That's uh, that's what cost you promotion. It totally did. It absolutely did. But um, maybe that was the kick in the arse they needed. That, you know, this we talked about it at that time that, like, Longford are this county that are very wound up by the Westmead rivalry, whereas Westmead don't really care about it. And maybe Westmead were just a bit complacent in a way that that's been removed now.
8: It's interesting as well, lads, for this fixture. You know, we talk about, you know, Shefflin against Cody. Where you've got Billy O'Loughlin who finished his club career playing with St. Lomans alongside the likes of Ron O'Toole and John Heslin and he also relegated his native county leash in the last round of the league Longford actually finished the league pretty strongly Offaly ended up playing Both of these teams In challenge games Over the last few weeks Offley put five goals Past Westmead And then went and Could only score one twelve Against Wexford oh, But the reason that They probably pick. couldn't Score against Wexford Last Too week late. was because The injuries they picked up Against Longford the week Before in a challenge game So I think um, Westmead Will go back with Ronan Ron Wallace Even at full back For this Longford game They've kind of been Trying things out During challenge games Since the league But they played very well In the last game Against Antrim Actually finished the league Reasonably okay After that Longford defeat Which took promotion Out of their own hands. So I think I think Westmead'll be better than they were nearly a month ago when they played Longford in the league. But beware of the fact that Longford hammered Leash. And I know Leash conceded a lot against Wicklow last week, but when things were on the line in a Moor Park against Leash in the last round of the league, Longford came and really delivered to stay up in that last round game. So there's actually quite quite a tricky one, but I, I think Westmead just have enough across their panel.
7: Can I just say that I would have Westmead down as one of my favourites for the Tatchin Cup I really think that they're the type of county that could produce something in a competition like that I think that they'd be in a very good place to do it I agree with Will it's going to be close but I I kind of think that Westmead are going to have enough this weekend John Hesson didn't perform the last day and home advantage is massive when it comes to Championship so I'm I'm going with Westmead Yeah
4: and Challenge Games I mean thanks for the information Will and all that but uh, it's just totally irrelevant on I wouldn't be worried
3: about changing your pick the, the only way we look foolish is if we all go for the exact same team, and that team fails to win. So, yeah. like, no pressure. But our reputation, of all five of us included here, is <laughs> yeah. on the shoulders of the Westmead football team.
4: I've I've said before, <laughs> and I'll repeat it again, that there is nothing that makes me, literally, nothing on this planet that makes me more apprehensive than uh, following Westmead matches. Not even warming particularly on Midlands 103 I have to say there's nothing that right. makes me more apprehensive as to what the hell is actually going to happen uh, and I'm
8: not sure if that's a, a positive thing about my presenting is, or the commentary or what way you think it's hugely positive this.
4: across the board it's, it, ah, the no. apprehensiveness is wound up in the fact that they just have an inability to thump mediocrity like Longford out the gap mm. so that's mm. all I'm saying Clare against Limerick. That's the, that's the clip
3: that comes that's back the to clip, Biden, yes. the point. Clare against Limerick. Uh-oh. Listen,
4: Will, again, I have four. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> it's any...
7: Clare across the board. Tommy. Yeah, I'm intrigued by this one. I'm going to the game tomorrow Even Both counties have had injury troubles over the last two months, quite a few. Um, Limerick had a very strong Division Three campaign. They were missing a couple of players in that league final. I really don't think we saw the best of Limerick. And even saying that, they probably still could have beaten Loud and probably should have beaten Loud and we've given Loud a lot of credit for their, their Division 3 campaign Limerick had a couple of goal chances like one Josh Ryan could have been through on goal and he took a point um, they were missing Brian Donovan if Brian Donovan is back this weekend he is a massive addition to Limerick Limerick are definitely on the rise there's really good stuff going on in, in the background in terms of academy level um, they've you know probably lost a lot of players over the last 7 or 8 years that they could do it right now there was a Munster Championship game a couple of years ago Limerick's midfield was Willow Dunhu and Garrod Hegarty if they had the two of them this weekend in midfield I'd be Mm. backing them but I just think Clare have earned the right to be in Division 2 over the last couple of years they're a very strong side a couple of injury doubts around a couple of key players but most of the main forwards are back this weekend and Cusick Park home advantage such a big thing in Championship it sounds like a cliche but it's not it's such a big thing so I'm backing Clare well
8: yeah, Clare a good, solid team. Um obviously Limerick, a bit like I'm sure we'll talk about Loud in a moment, are coming with a, you know, a huge amount of momentum behind them with the way that they've played in the league so far this year. But I think Clare probably just to step up on the opposition that Limerick have been playing and yeah, as a result I think Clare at home take this one against their neighbours.
4: All right, last one we're coming to is Kildare against Louth and it's Kildare across the board. And as Tommy said, look at Loud have been given plenty of credit. They've obviously thumped Carlo out the gap the last couple of weeks and they are a coming team, but Kildare Uh, are also a coming team but just at a different level or
3: I think the forwards that are going to be on show this weekend are going to be absolutely excellent it's uh, obviously there's been a lot spoken about uh, Samuel Roy and then obviously to to a lesser extent uh, Grimes and Byrne chipping in with I think goals each last week wasn't it the the, the five goal mauling Uh, and then on the other side that Kildareful forward line is something that I think we probably were excited about even before ball was kicked this year like I mean it was took a while to see Derek Irwin actually get into that team because of injury troubles after that that injury for Nace last year Uh, and uh, like obviously they're the rest of their talent in that full forward line has been spoken about so like you could expect something chaotic and brilliant attacking wise to happen just like we saw in the Leinster Football Championship last weekend but we still have to talk about a team who almost stayed up in Division 1 against a team uh, who are a Division 2 team and maybe would be doing well to, to establish themselves as a Division 2 team. So much like Clare Limerick, these are teams operating at different planes, but the chance of an upset isn't isn't an, an outlandish one whatsoever. And I know Jarr has been very, very worried all week about this fixture. Ah, they but could, if Kildare have really moved into the next phase, then this is a fixture that they should think be this winning.
4: I one, one could be 10 or 12 points like. Uh, yeah, oh, here we, we go, again. Be, here we go. Surely. <laughs> go on, this, go on, these go on, are teams. On, like, but we're the, talking about Kildare. Four, 5 ten last d- week. No, Nobody's talking like. about Kildare winning All Ireland, right? But you are talking about them giving some of those contenders a serious push. Like, Louds deserve abs- all the credit in the world. They thumped Carlo last weekend. That's their form in the
7: Championship. Carlo. Debating, are, yeah. Go on. You, I think Loud would much have preferred this game to be in Navin. Leash losing meant to this game with O'Connor Park and Tullamore. So I think Loud really would have preferred to be in Navan uh, They scored five goals against. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of agreeing with you. <laughs> I actually think that. The- Carlo are bad. Carlo are desperate. Were and, like,
4: Loud, yeah. I, I don't want to be taken away from what Louds have done. Far be for me to sort of be having a pop at Random County Zone. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> all I'm saying is, Kildare, uh, on the face of it, like what, what, let's go around the table to wrap this up what do you Will what are your, uh, what's your score differential here?
8: Uh, I'm very mindful that the last time Kildare went to O'Connor Park in a game around this stage in the Leinster Championship I think Owen was covering it for off the yeah. ball in the day they lost out to Carlo um, mm. I, look I think Kildare probably by three or four points but I don't think it's going to be much more than that genuinely. Tommy like Loud are flying
7: Loud are flying Loud have a very good record <laughs> against Kildare the last time Loud scored five goals in a Championship match lads 1957 it was against Kildare and Loud went on and won the All-Ireland that year so look, I'm not Written one for turns and, and reference and reference back to the 50s like some counties like Mayo but what I would say is that Kildare could possibly and this is more so a shout out for that team last night Kildare could possibly start their forward line from the other 20s tomorrow Um, some of them Shane Farrell number 12 as midfield was unbelievable Adam Fanning and Owen Bagnall in the corner could probably start them on, on Sunday and or, and they'd, they'd give a, uh, probably win it luck what are you going
4: for points differential
3: six I'd be more interested in hearing how many goals there will be in this game and I know that's reading a lot into what happened last week in the Leinster Championship but I think we're going to go back to back weeks and some, some madness this weekend with the, with the exception of Dublin winning well I think
4: I'm going to go for a points between them I do think that if, if Bournemouth carry out that's roughly what should be between them I think actually I don't know what the the, uh,
7: the betting and differences Handicap Handicap is 5 story. points I'm going five for 4 points. I'll go for 8 Hold on now
8: have you been talked back from 12 points back to I said 10 or 12 I said 10 or 12 <laughs> I said 10, or 12, will. I said <laughs> 10 eight.
4: Let's be clear but I'll bring myself back to 8 just to be I've won
7: I'm, 7 games in a row You know
4: I'm uh, you know I'm conservative Will so I'll come back a small bit on that I, to clarify as well what I was saying about Brian Cote earlier on is that he how long more will he be the manager of Kilkenny that was the point. I, I sort of felt that everybody would understand that. It seems like there might have been a bit of confusion there. That's the point I'm making about that. Uh, and one comment here before we wrap it up Sort Your Life Out on YouTube says the Talton Cup is dead on arrival. If the GEA RTE Sky can't pony up some cameras for Division 2 level championship batches they definitely won't give a damn about other teams from lower divisions. And, like, look, we won't know until we see the evidence of it. Go
8: on, I think there's only three games set to be televised as things stand. I don't know if they're going to change that, but, like, you kind of feel like you're in some kind of underground society trying to find out about the Talton Cup because yeah. we don't even know if there's going to be a preliminary round because we have to wait to see what teams get to provincial finals. It's due to start on the last week of May. I think mm-hmm. as things stand, because Orty put out the big wall chart of their fixtures for the year, I think they're showing both semi-finals and the final. I'm not sure if another broadcaster is going to step in to show earlier rounds, but at the moment, given that Sky's picks will be fairly limited at that time and they'd be taking quarters and semis in the All-Ireland Championship, it could just be three games and out in the Talton Cup on the TV.
3: And like listening to some of the defeated managers last week as well, the fear is that the best Talton Cup players are going to be on show in the Boston County Championship as opposed to in the
7: Talton Cup. They do have to wait until their counties are out before they can play in the States.
3: Oh, oh, Do they? That, though, that comes with yeah. the official transfer paperwork and all that. Ah, I see. Mm. Didn't know that. That, That's was, probably, that was probably probably a nugget couple, in a the p- football th- pod that th- I didn't hear.
7: No, it wasn't. It was um, yeah. Like there's a couple of quirks with New York and stuff, but no, I, I but they might to, just yeah. go and enjoy themselves well, exactly. and
4: not play. Absolutely, they might just get out of there. Oh, and absolutely. And yeah.
7: there are pl- there are there's going to be a couple in every county that are going to go, but I also think that the counties are going to take it seriously. I do think what Will is saying, and not a broadcaster has to step in, like Wicklow no Leash last week unbelievable imagine that game was televised or we even had a YouTube stream like there was a huge buzz around the Clare in the 20s last night because TG Carr had it on a YouTube stream and there was thousands of people watching it they got to see a quality level of football between Clare and Dublin and those lads are being talked yeah. about today they're in the papers people are going to remember their performances because they got to see them just put the games on yeah
4: but like also the the reverse sort of European Super Cup idea all the counties that are not Kerry and Dublin and Mayo and Donegal and Tyrone Maybe it's sort of at Galway, it sort of ends there, should bandy together and do something about this, like the lack of exposure and coverage for the counties that exist beyond that, which is ninety percent of counties is is awful like it it's it makes you entirely switch off from it and it's um Something the, needs to be done about that. I, the
8: it's only thing like, is, Edrin, the, the format to show it is actually there. Like, they could use yeah. GA Go. Like, this weekend, GA yeah. Go is showing Cork against Clare because it clashes with... Uh, Kilkenny and Go is on at the same time. That's on TV and RT. And GA Go are showing the other game for a tenner. Because these games are going to have to be filmed for the Sunday game anyway, Shut I think up. GA Go should actually roll out a lot more Talton Cup coverage than maybe they would have planned right. beforehand.
7: What are they afraid of? Like, they're afraid that people won't up and go to games? People want to go to stuff. Put it on for anyone else that wants to watch it.
4: Yeah, with you, Tommy. Ball uh, mm. sang David on YouTube says Carlo are bad in inverted commas. Owen's comment from a bit earlier on just made me laugh out loud in an open plan office. Hope that becomes a clip. Mm.
7: There was Did a lot of stuff going tricky? on there I for know, a clip. You're going to laugh at this. Carlo made it tricky last week for loud five ten to ten sounds like a smashing, but loud weren't flying last week. Now I don't think a Mickey Hartside is getting beaten by five points. Adrian, I'm surprised you said that. Well, I actually, if you
3: if you rewind the tape there. Bill. He said six. I went for eight. It'll be
7: four in 15
3: minutes. I went for eight.
7: Loud it'll be (laughs) winning by (laughs) Saturday.
4: Yeah. Right. Fair play. (laughs) Good luck. Cheers. Take it easy.
0: I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time for them, but they're they're a great punch, but it's not acceptable.
4: It is uh, 10 to 9, or coming up on 10 to 9. Uh, Where did you say you're after this weekend? Uh, where their match? I off
3: to this weekend I'm not going to what do I have planned? To... no I don't know. I'm not going to a game this weekend what's not, I
4: the obvious follow up question what's what what, have you, what are you doing I'm not working at it. What no I'm not I'm asking you what, what's your general
3: I'm going to point, I'm
4: going to Town today but I'm I, I definitely
3: man. I definitely have something for Saturday and Sunday as well um, but I can't remember what are you doing like a
4: it's reserved reserved enclosure sort of glasses of champers and the full I don't think of so, I so I no
3: imagine. no I don't think so We've all known that's not true. <laughs> Is that? I do. Yeah. I do. Oh, brilliant, Don't you? I'm not sure. Yeah, no, you do. ah fantastic.
4: <laughs> <laughs> 10 to 9. Up next, we're going to have an OTBM debut for the former England international, Matt Jarvis. First, Anthony Miles joined uh, Conleth Gilligan with Nathan last night. They spoke about how Derry, they're predicting how Derry could beat uh, Toronto this weekend.
6: Pretty, wouldn't be at all surprised at the end of this. There's a lot of criticism coming in for Ulster football and the style of play, but that's probably exactly what Derry need from this game.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would have probably agreed with you, um, you know, a number of years ago um, because. You know, I think Derry were in a position whereby they would have had to do that absolutely. As, you you know, if you're a management team, you'd say, listen, this is where we're going with this first and foremost, and that's just it. And if it doesn't work, we're going to jump down and we're going to do it again and again. But Derry are a different animal these days. You know, Derry Derry have got firepower. um, And, you know, Conlon isn't going to big them up because, you know, he can't, so I can. (laughs) they, They have the ability to score and they have the ability to get at you. Um, so I completely agree that it would be foolhardy of, 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 of Gallagher to say, well, listen, we're just going to go at it here and we're going to see how we get on. He has to have a plan. The plan will be to take out certain players of that Tyrone team who are, you know, the, the, their main focus and, and, and their ability to kick balls over the bar and to get scores is there is prevalent with them. Tyrone... They, they do have a spread of scores, but certainly, as you can see throughout the league, as the form started to turn for them, there was one or two or three players, including Myler, who we just spoken about. Hart, especially, when he started to drift up to that centre-forward position. If you remember against, I think it was Kerry um, and even Dublin, the, his ability to break lines, his ability to get on the end of things, his ability to set scores up. You know, McShane hasn't been shooting the lights out. I think he's probably had a bit of a a frustrating campaign for uh, himself. And, you know, they've had to rely on the likes of Donnelly coming in to try to change things. Richie, that is. and, and, And even Matty, to a certain degree. But i'd say i'd say tyrone are scratching their head i think they would absolutely be happy with how the league finished but there was a spell during that league where you we were kind of saying geez they're a little bit rudderless here you know and they were also doing things at the back which i haven't seen them doing a long time um which is allowing that central column to be open um and and you know they're kind of robbing peter to pay paul a little bit with heart moving out of certain areas but It's Derry, I think, have the ability, Nathan, to to kick score. And I think they massively have the ability to counter-attack. They have great pace coming, they have powerful midfield, they've got class up front that can kick scores, find goals. Um, So I think they will frustrate, I think they'll keep it tight, I think they will go man-on-man on on certain players. Um, But I think they will look to counter-attack and then kind of reset and go again.
4: You can check out that full conversation. Anthony Miles and Conalith Gilligan on with Nathan last night. It is uh, eight minutes to nine on this Friday morning. A very good morning to you, wherever it is you're at. Keep the comments coming in. They're flooding in this morning about all the various topics that we've been on. And stay tuned as well, because coming your way uh, between now and 10 o'clock, we're going to have a live crappy quiz where myself and Mick and Nathan go head to head. And uh, we shall see how all that uh, pans out. But right now, delighted to say we're joined on the line by former Premier League player with Wolves, Norwich and West Ham and England international, Matt Jarvis. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks many for taking the call. Great to have you on. A
9: debut. It certainly is, yeah. Thank you for having me on.
4: You retired about a year, is that right? What have you been up to?
9: That's right, yeah. Uh, Retired, actually, on my birthday, so uh, not long. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I've been enjoying doing the other side of it, really. Staying in football, doing the punditry, the media side of things, which I really enjoy. Yeah, if I can't play, there's nothing better than than talking about football. Or coaching it. Have you any interest in that area or... I've I've got badges, but at the moment I, I really enjoy doing this side of things um, rather than being on the pitch. I think it might just be a bit too fresh. Yeah, you know, I'll be thinking, "Oh, I should have just carried on and played." But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this side.
4: Hard for a Manchester United fan at the minute.
9: <laughs> yeah, well, obviously growing up in in Surrey in uh, down south in in England, um, being a Man United fan growing up was always uh, good fun. Uh, but at the minute, wow, it's just. It's it's really difficult. I think it's, I think Roy Keane sort of said it. You know, it's it's not. He's not angry anymore. He's just sad because of the way that the clubs change, the philosophy, the mentality, everything about it. You go and watch them, and it, it's just nothing like the the same of of what it was before. The excitement, everything that surrounds it, is not there anymore. So, really difficult period. I think this summer is going to be. Yeah, incredible for the way that they're going to have to get rid of players, bring in players and the type of players that they're going to have to bring in. It's going to be very interesting to watch.
3: Uh, Matt, can I ask from your own experience, was there a different mood to going to Old Trafford when you went there with Wolves, when Alex Ferguson was managing them to say the Moyes era when you were playing for West Ham United? Did you feel that it was an easier place to go almost immediately after Ferguson stepped away?
9: That's that's such a difficult one. I think you know. At at the same time, I think because of the results when you know uh, Moyes was in charge, they weren't quite there. You you sort of that fortress of Old Trafford, it it wasn't quite the same. You know, you're still going to the an incredible stadium, um, and you can feel the atmosphere, but. I think you're probably right in saying that it just doesn't feel like, you know, you always felt like even if you were drawing in the 89th minute, you always felt like they were going to have a chance, mm. um, you know, with Fergie time. But um, at the minute, it just it's just not the same place. And I think it's the belief of the players as well as the fans and the coaching staff. I think that that whole side of things has got to have a mental change.
3: Because that's probably something that we don't fully understand. But it does seem that that's a real psychological thing. The, the the reputation of a team, the idea that this team has a reputation of winning games late on. And the more this decade has gone by where Manchester United simply haven't been able to get those results, the easier it is, I suspect, for teams to go there and hang on to results.
9: Yeah, I think I think definitely. You used to, you used to go there thinking we'd be absolutely delighted if we, if we came away with a draw. But now teams are going there thinking we can get three points here. And you... you, you it's hard to imagine, really. But as you said, mentally you're focused on going to Old Trafford, thinking we can get a result here. These are not the same. You know, you can use that. You know, if even if even if they were one nil up, you feel like you can get back in the game. Whereas before, you go went one nil down at Old Trafford, you're thinking that's it. This could be two, three, four. But at the moment, it, you're you're thinking right. We, if we get ourselves in front we could actually go and win this game quite comfortably that's that's the difference that's the mentality of the of the teams going there but also the mentality of the home players
4: it's also been like there's been so many false dawns Matt, over the last while, and even somewhat recently, like the Solskjaer departure, and then Carrick comes in, and obviously the appointment of Randnick, and even even on the players' front, with like Sancho coming in, Van, Van der Bay coming in, there was huge excitement about it. Like a lot of stuff, Ronaldo obviously coming in, that has like a lot of stuff that's kind of fallen flat in a way that I think fans expected to have expected to be the key that unlocked this entire thing. That's the mindset now, isn't it, about Ten Hag that this is the key now. Do you feel as if this is like the, the latest false dawn, or does this is this now the opportunity to fix the club?
9: <laughs> this this has to be the opportunity to fix the club. I think there's there's no doubt about it. Yeah, this season's been a nightmare. It really has, you know, with everything that's gone on, you know, you looking at the you know, Ranić coming in, that was supposed to be you know, stabilize and improve, you know, it's been the complete opposite. And I think, you know, having now a first team manager, like who's going to be involved, he's not just the coach, he's the manager. I think that is a a big part of, uh, of, uh, of the rebuild because there's so much that needs to go on. You've got to start in the back room. You've got to start with recruitment, you know, the coaching, that side of things. It's got all got to be a big shake up, And, you know, it's, as I said before, just disappointing to to see how far it's it's fallen, but that that needs to come from the manager that needs to come from the board, and that needs to come from the owners and they're going to have a real interest in summer where they're thinking right, these are the players that the manager wants because he wants to have control of that that which is a huge plus for me because i don't I, I feel like with the manager if you're going in there and you 've got such a job to do if you 're getting told what players you 're getting and, and you don't have an impact in in who they are I think that's that's going to be a massive massive disappointment so for 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 the new manager coming in, this is a real opportunity for him to stamp his authority and like you said the recruitment you 've got sancho you've got Varane and you 've got van der Beek. he 's got another opportunity to come in and, and play and get that exciting football and and it's not gonna be straight away, it's gonna take time, but you you look and you hope that you think, right, the the rebuild's gonna start and, and that's the first thing that that he's gonna come into as soon as he takes over that, that club, he needs to come in and, and start right from the top, and that's recruitment, it's staff and it's the board.
4: And and just on the playing side, like is, it's it's very simplistic thought, but in terms of like what they might be able to add in, bringing in like a quite a world class centre half centre midfielder, forward player, is is some, something like that makes them almost pretty quickly close to guaranteed Champions League football and, and a huge step forward? Is there is that stick and plaster stuff, Matt, in your opinion, or is actually is that kind of fundamental of what's going on there?
9: Yeah, I, th- I think it's not going to be as simple as just buying three players and away you go. I think it's the mentality, it's the culture of the club. I think, you know, full-backs, centre-half, centre-mid, centre-forward, you've got to go through the team and that's not going to come cheap. So you've got to pick the right characters. And this is what I talk about with the recruitment. You've got to be picking the right players. You look at other clubs like Liverpool and Man City, these players that they sign there... And they're straight into the, you know, they're in the team. They 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 make the team better. And it looks like you know Diaz, who's gone to Liverpool, and Jota. You know, these players have gone there and they've just hit the ground running. It's not like you you have a time where you have to have six months a year to bed in. They go they go in straight into the team and they 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 look like they've been there for two years. That's what the recruitment that Man United need in this summer.
8: Yeah,
4: and Declan Rice is obviously one of those players that gets mentioned all the time in relation to Manchester, United. You know, and you, on the face of it does look like a perfectly natural fit. Your times at West Ham would have overlapped, although maybe not in the senior senior side.
9: No, no, but De- Declan Rice, I mean, you know, everyone talks about what a wonderful player he is. What a great guy. You know, he comes across as a, as a a real mature man and his performances this year have been absolutely outstanding. Even in the Europa League game last night, um, his you know they go behind after fifty seconds, and he's demanding the ball. He's in control. He's starting everything off. He's making last ditch challenges. He's breaking play up. He's doing everything that a captain, a leader should do. And for for me, for West Ham, they have to have to find a way of keeping hold of him. Um, I know that's going to be difficult, but if, if they can't, then he's going to be going right to the top, for very sure.
4: Was there chat about him amongst the senior squad at that point, Matt, or was he because it, like he really has burst onto the scene in a big way, hasn't he, over the last couple of years? But were you chatting about him in a way that this kid is unbelievable or not?
9: Uh, not not just then, no. Um, you know, he was a lot younger then, and I even I, I, swear, I listened to Mark Noble talk about him as well. He said he didn't realize, he didn't think he was be good, be um, will be as good as he is now, um, and that's just you know that's applaud it's for for Declan Rice and his attitude and his commitment, you know, because. He, he's a good player but now he's, he's an excellent player and that's that's down to the player obviously the manager and your and your, your teammates but it's down to the player to put put in the work uh, and he's, his improvement has been outstanding
3: Maybe Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane didn't realise he was going to be as good as he was going to be as well I don't know potentially <laughs> um, On the point that you made about some of the recruitment for Liverpool like you talk about Jota and Diaz and you mentioned Jadon Sancho then on the Manchester United side of things as well I'm just really keen to get your perspective as, as a former winger on this so you've got three players here so if you go back a couple of years and and you know if you went through maybe their FIFA stats or, or where they were thought of they'd be very close together if not Sancho being better than the two of them it's it, it's hard to, to make a case though at the moment that he's been anywhere close to them form wise so so can you explain to us why there is that not under performance but that, that incapability almost to reach your accepted level or Level you can get to as a winger in in these games, and and why being at Manchester United is is holding Sancho back.
9: Yeah, well, I think obviously you look at his performances last year, and that's the reason why Man United went out and and bought him because he was exceptional. You know, his goals, his uh, assists, his whole round play was was perfect. So you look at this year, obviously it doesn't help when the team's not performing well. Um, you, as a wide player it 's all about receiving the ball you know and if you don 't get given the ball you know then you you 're not in the game at the same time for him his confidence was so low I think you can see that and uh, you know you, you, when you 're in that position as a wide player you need to be receiving the ball you need to be confident you need to go and take players on that 's your whole role in the team when it 's going tough you need to be receiving the ball you need to get turned you need to take players off you need to get the crowd off their seat and I think he struggled with that maybe it was the price tag maybe Maybe it was just the the system that uh, the Man you were playing. Maybe it was just because of the way that Man United were playing. They weren't playing very well. Confidence is low. This is a huge thing with with footballers, especially in the wide areas. But you can see there's moments where he's starting to get him, he, you know, his feet under the under the ground. He's mm-hmm. he's he's really starting to get back to what we know. It's not on a regular basis. He needs to be more consistent. But that that comes with. The rest of the team as well. I think you know Ronaldo's the obvious one where it's just you know he's he's scoring all the goals, but it's he's got confidence in himself. You know, regardless, other players need to get that um, in themselves. And 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 Diaz, you know, it's, I suppose it's a lot easier to go into a team that's flying. Because everyone else around you is so confident, they know what's going to happen, and you can just fit in, and you 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 can ride that wave of uh, of confidence with with everyone else. But whereas Sancho's gone in, and everyone's expecting this big shift of where they were last year to now competing for Champions League and the Premier League and it's, it's just not happened.
3: Like are Manchester United just not giving him the ball enough? Like is he, you talk about that, that confidence uh, piece and if you pick another person who's really low in confidence it's Marcus Rashford who of course was was playing on, on the wing last night and has done pretty much all season and he has played for Manchester United so is there a common theme there with, with wild players not being part of the system enough under Raniac and previously under Solskjaer?
9: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not going to turn around and say that, you know, it's the system why they're not playing well. They, they haven't played well. And that's down to many factors. It's down to confidence. It's down to quality. You know, they haven't been doing the right things at the right time. But if the team is playing in, in a better way, you're then receiving the ball higher up the pitch. You're then receiving the ball in your, your normal positions at the minute. The, the game's so stretched for United that they're having to yeah you know, they they're not maybe working hard enough to get back into shape to receive the ball they're then you know expected to do you know take three players on and get a shot off whereas you know maybe last year there was three runners you know someone was running in behind or created space someone was making another run at the minute there's just no one doing that there's only ronaldo in the box so you, when sancho or rashford get the ball they're expected to take players on and score you know th- these are things that When, for instance, I keep going back to Liverpool, but you look at if Diaz gets the ball, Salah's making a run, Jota's making a run, or if if Mane's on, he's making a run. You've got people from midfield getting into the box. There's opportunities and and other options for these players to to help them either create space for themselves or to lay it on a plate for someone else so that, that's just not happening at Man United at the moment
4: um, I want to ask you a bit about West Ham and I'll do that in a second but before that just uh, you mentioned Roy Keane earlier on in some of his comments last night and he was talking about players not wanting to run for the manager you've touched on it there yourself he was particularly I think talking about the end of the Sawshower days uh, in fairness to him also scathing of the entire situation it wasn't yeah. just obviously about that you must have been in dressing rooms at times or were you in dressing rooms at times where players had checked out of playing for a manager
9: i think i've i've been in um in teams where you know it's not going well and then the manager has, has lost his job but I, I I wouldn't say i've been in teams that the 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 amount of players that have checked out is is incredible and the, like Roy Keane made a point about why why are they putting one matter on you know when they could have put a young player on to to show and and I, to to a to a degree I actually agree with him because this is the perfect opportunity to show. What you can do as a young player when you get this opportunity, because their season's you know it, it, it's it's going the road to nowhere at the moment, and this is a great opportunity for these young players to come in and, and play. And the amount of players that have got their you know contracts out and they're you know they're still playing, and you, you just think, well, there's, that that opportunity needs to be taken. You only when when you're a young player, you you need that opportunity to show what you can do. And when players are checking out, as you as you mentioned, you know that. It just it doesn't look great on on everyone, um, yeah. and you know I have been in change rooms where some players are out of form, you know, but not not necessarily as checked out as as much as these Man United players have. Yeah, it
4: does look that way, all right. Uh, West Ham obviously um, beaten two one at home to Eintracht first leg of the Europa League semi final last night. Plenty of pundits over the last couple of weeks have been talking about like West Ham's name is on the trophy this year, and uh, you know that that it's there for the taking. A bad start last night and a bad result, and a tough job now in Germany next week.
9: Definitely, um, and I think this is the first time that they've sort of been favourites in a tie. And I think David Moyes, after the game, his comments were, you know, we we sometimes don't have the the right quality. Um, for this type of competition and you think that's I think he's just trying his best to sort of you know take the pressure off his, his players and sort of turn the tie into being that underdog again and you know the the, the amount of build up and excitement from the fans and the players I spoke to a couple of players after the Chelsea game and they were so excited about this this game and after fifty seconds going behind, it they haven't even been able to get into the game and enjoy it, and the same with the fans. But the reaction that they had was was great. I mean, they've done that all season. You know, Declan Rice, as I mentioned, was demanding the ball and getting the players going again. And you know, it uh, Bowen had a great opportunity to to score, and it just hit the post. And then they get that goal from a set piece, which is. Yeah, that's West Ham all season. They're so strong. But the delivery of the set pieces last night wasn't quite up to their standards, but they still got their goal. And you thought, OK, here we go. This is West Ham. Yeah, they really were pressing, but Frankfurt showed their quality. They, every time they, they looked to break, they, they really were threatening. And, and obviously the second goal was a great bit of play, little one-twos and, and goes, and goes. And it, West Ham found it really difficult to, to, to break them down. But apart from a Jared Bowen, unbelievable bicycle kick uh, that nearly went over the line um, for me, Ben Rama, he was the he was the spark that West Ham needed. And they just didn't quite give him the ball as much as they they could. But he was he was exciting when he come on. And and you're, you're hoping that from a West Ham point of view, that he's going to start and Bowen and Antonio are uh, there are the three men that you, you hope that are going to be able to to turn this around. We'll have you on again,
4: Matt, at some point down the track, hopefully, to do a bit of a career retrospective and, and luxuriate in that for a little bit. But one, before we leave you here, a text in from Bill uh, wondering about the best and worst players that you played against during your career.
9: Um, best players, that's go easy. I mean, you look at any fullback for, for, that I've played against, they're all international players. But the, the, the one I would say would, he's probably the best fullback that's ever played in the Premier League, and that's Ashley Cole. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone could could argue with that. He, his his defensive ability and his attacking was was incredible, and obviously it helps when you're in a great team. But but he he's probably up there with with the hardest, um, easiest. I mean, that's that's a that's a bit of a more <laughs> worst, difficult worst to be specific. worst worst. Oh, I don't know. I think it's been made. I think um, Jonathan Woodgate played against me as a, as a right back, and he come on, came off after about twenty minutes, and he was. He's, he speaks about it saying he was, it was the best decision that Tony Pulis ever made because he, he got booked after about five minutes then gave a penalty away against me and then should have been sent off and then after 20 minutes had to get replaced so yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one
3: More than 20 minutes. he's
9: not a right back he's an outstanding <laughs> centre half
4: yeah exactly yeah, well, look, we'll, we'll allow you that one Let, uh, listen Matt thanks really for jumping on we'll uh, catch up with you again down the track
9: Brilliant. Thank you very much.
4: Thanks a lot. Matt Jarvis there, uh, former Premier League player and uh, England international as well. And we'll definitely be catching up with him again down the track. By the way, you are watching RTV We're brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. It's 11 minutes past nine with a live crappy quiz on the way. And here's what's happening on b Sports Radio over the course of the day. Uh, 10.30 this morning, the football kickoff. Johnny Ward, Phil Egan and David Myler are going to be marking your card for the weekend ahead. So uh, that is coming up in just over an hour's time. One o'clock, Catherine Switzer for uh, O2B Gold. Friday Night Racing... Live in your ears at 3 o'clock today and uh, Team 33 League of Ireland legend Shelburne's own Heary from 4 and Ronnie Delaney on OTB Gold at uh, 6 and then obviously off the ball live in your radio at 7 this evening. Uh, by the way, you can just ask your smart speaker to play OTB Sports Radio. You can, of course, listen to OTB AM as a radio show if you so wish, if you're on your commute, live every single morning at the OTB Sports Radio uh, stream or indeed on the OTB Sports app. Chris Bond.
9: Oh, you're kidding
6: September Kyle Lafferty Are you no!
9: joking me? Is that right? know, it's not right uh, Anybody else?
4: Like that is one of the most stupid questions for Vassell
8: Seriously, you all need to just stay quiet This is getting really annoying doing this quiz What is going on here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome along to the shoutiest segment on Irish Radio. It's a scintillating, it's the stupefying, it's the splendido crappy quiz. Every Friday we pit three of team off the ball up against each other in our no-holds-barred quiz of sporting factoids at the end of the week. Allow me to welcome today's contestants. Our first contestant is a stalwart of the crappy quiz, and if you don't know that, then you'll need to brush up on your crappy quiz history. Thankfully, in the YouTube comments last week, Tull Celtic and Chriser555 were went through his backstory have a look told celtic I think that's the first gilroy win i've seen chrisser 555 he won a few weeks ago too unreal like maybe he's finally coming into a bit of form celtic haha yeah true maybe it'll be adrian's day soon chrisser ah jesus calm down lad <laughs> celtic apparently he was unreal at it years ago went on mad win runs There must have been before they went on youtube chrisser really That was before my time anyway. Some of his answers are mind-boggling. Of all the United players to pick that scored a goal, he goes for Shaw, with Bruno still in play-like. And at the end, saying Antonio plays for Uruguay? Woeful. I think he just panics. Can't play under the bright lights. There's potential there, but he needs to sort his head out. Celtic. Yeah, for someone who works on a sports programme, he really needs to know more about sport. Too much wine and cheese. Remember, last week in the rapid fire. What nationality is Alanga? English. Chriser. I'd love to see him win one some week, though. It would mean a lot to him, I'd say. You could tell the confidence is shattered. Celtic. Yeah, definitely. I do like him. He's actually very funny. The quiz definitely needs him. Chriser. Yeah. He grows on you after a while, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Adrian, who's your daddy Barry?
4: Oh, my God. What was that? Was that a compliment there at the end? I'm not sure. And, like, look at it, It's all absolutely right. The, my confidence is on the floor.
3: It's been on the floor for about three years now. That's really sad. Yeah. Um, one, for day, that on. one day, one. Well, no, I'm <laughs> kind of like heartbreaking uh, to be honest. But we'll, we'll we'll pick you back up. We'll bring you along. Wow. Today is a new day.
4: Nathan is is saying something, and I'm saying it's amazing. Uh, they've muted me. But. They've muted me. I can't believe an opportunity has come
6: for me to just roll out some abuse at Adrian Barry, and uh, they wouldn't even put up my mic. I was saying you're sort of the Manchester United of the crappy quiz. You have all the resources available to you, but
1: mm. like his laptop. You, yeah. Exa- well, exactly. But, like the only First thing you're,
4: you're you know you're omitting there is the fact that you know United had a lot of success. Did, did
1: I, did these lads
4: seem to think that I won some of these at some point. I think they were it's talking about mistake. Gilroy. That Gilroy had
6: a
3: winning run. No, it's it's, about it's it's often referenced cham, cham, by cham, yeah, cham, it was cham. like a
4: seven in a row there at one point. So I, think I'm, I might have been on my own.
3: You the, the um, resources point in the laptop is an interesting one I'm not sure you, you guys are all probably too old to have watched Quiz Zone in its um, uh, pomp in like 2005-2006 and it was basically where kids had to get an answer to a question correct and then run through like a soft play area they had like encyclopedias behind them and they had a computer in front of them and they'd be like what is the capital of Ecuador and they would go to the encyclopedias rather than googling what is the capital of Ecuador and I kind of feel sometimes that that's what's going on here with oh, this laptop here that
4: was, that was a great anecdote
1: Wow. I did enjoy then the comments oh, oh. that they mentioned that uh, Adrian thought that Miguel Antonio was from Uruguay last <laughs> week, which I have to say was probably one of my favourite answers in Kramer's <laughs> history. I
3: still uh, can't remember where he was actually from Jamaica. Exactly. Our next contestant has written an angry worded email to the Mayo County Board, castigating them for deciding to put a new playing surface on McHale Park and forgetting to update the premium seating areas of the stadium. That's right, the GEA, that's one less person you can count on to eat your stupid cocktail sausages at halftime in the future. It's the beast of Ballyhonest, Nathan Nate Dog Murphy. Can I get a glass of red at halftime? Really, what's the point? It's true. It's true for all sports fans. And our final contestant has clearly been sent from outside to sabotage the future of the crappy quiz. Not even a wet week into his return as ODB PM producer, Thursday nights all of a sudden have a new quiz show, in order to appease this imperialistic megalomaniac, we have invited him into the tent this morning. Give it up for APM angry producer Mick.
1: Hi hon. Um, There's no quiz last night and there was no quiz last Thursday, the previous Thursday either, so I think uh I think it's been met with the too much enthusiasm, actually, for an OTB quiz, so we have to cut it, you know. We have to keep, keep the levels crappy around here. Thank you very much. Why
4: are we officially changing it to middle-aged, mild-mannered Mick?
1: Mm. Well, actually, do you know what? I was criticised for being too uh, low-energy... Uh, on my return to the quiz a couple of weeks ago, and I have to say, it's By like, who? He, it, <laughs> that's it, it doesn't matter who. Uh. <laughs> that's the question we all want answered. It doesn't matter, but <laughs> I just, I, it's like, I'm not yes. a puppet here to, to dance on a string and entertain you plebs. I'm here to win quizzes. And that's exactly oh, wow. what I did wow. on my, for,
3: wow. my return yeah he just ca- counting medals and uh, showing off his rings at the end of the week at the end of <laughs> I don't know when but did you win last time? I did yeah, okay. yeah one out of one since my time. good to have you back as ever the format is a classic crappy quiz with a series of questions and a range of themes and it's onto the slip and slide of trivia which is the rapid fire round you can podcast a crappy quiz on otbsports.com or on the otbsports app and if you're watching on YouTube make sure to click the thumbs up even if we contribute nothing but misery to your day and you can send questions via postcard to crappy quiz Quizmaster master off the ball towers Marconi house Diggs Lane. Tub Dublin 2 and apparently we also accept Twitter DMs for crappy quiz questions because a big shout out to Kieran Burke who got in touch via our DMs this week with a heap of questions whoa. including oh, I, I'm with
4: whoa, 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 here this whoa, does not whoa, strike whoa, whoa. me as a smart way to
1: enter questions <laughs> no
6: Adrian Barry has been on them DMs uh, who is He's not on the DMs, on DMs. slide I'm into our own
1: mages. DMs is it the crappy quiz account or the off the ball account I think it might actually be the off the ball account Oh this is dodgy Yeah, f- Especially as I didn't see it if I, I, you know, I have if not it had, seen it
6: Mick either I won't lie to you I have not that. seen it's it either
3: Yeah I'll say that now
6: But Adrian's opening it up on the laptop As we speak
3: uh, He sent in the boring questions round Which of course is round one And it's never multiple choice Adrian question one What is the largest GAA ground in Leinster Not called Croke Park
4: oh, I'd be between two I'd say uh,
1: It's between about eleven
4: well, in reality, um, it's either going to be O'Connor Park or O'Moore Park. I'd say. Um, let me just tease this one out. Guarantee on, it's not it going there. to be Navin.
6: It's Midland Stadium trivia doesn't get much more exciting. We'll rule
1: out. We'll rule out Drottida for you as well. There just to help you. Wexford Park. No, I think
4: it's between the two of them. You're and going I to think go for it. It's revamped and it must be at a big capacity. I'm going to go with O'Connor Park.
3: It's neither of those girls. It is Nolan Park. Nolan Park. Yeah. Nathan. After yes. Sean Dyche was sacked, Jurgen Klopp became the longest-serving manager at a current Premier League club, followed by Pep Guardiola, who is ah, the third-longest-serving yeah. manager God at a yeah. club. Good question.
4: That's Nathan's way of saying, no, I yeah. knew that, but it's it's I don't know this. Question. Which is just another version it's of spooling through the it's answers. It's a, it's a tough question.
6: Just trying to go through the old Premier League table there. Uh... To see who yeah, is there's where. Is it in your head that, or on the screen, screen in front screen. of you? Like, you do <laughs> that's like right, staring. yeah,
4: That's right.
1: When you're cheating, <laughs> you're not supposed to tell us about Sorry, it. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you can't have too long there. here because he's just counting
6: come on. teams. Okay, come on, it out. No, no, no. I'm allowed to I'm allowed, uh, go through <laughs> various different managers. <laughs> <But> surely, <laughs> surely. Why would there be? Come on. I am. Delaying. Um, no, no, you got to give me a second. Just keep talking, it. it'll,
1: get, it'll get confused as <laughs> That's
6: you right, you can't ever try to talk uh, when
3: somebody's talking. Ralph Hasselhoodl. It is not Ralph oh. Hasselhoodl. Anyone? What was the question? Uh, the answer is Thomas Frank. <laughs> yeah. I was happy it wasn't my question
1: and just never thought about it again. <laughs> That's right.
3: Mick, Ireland famously beat England in 2011 Cricket World Cup. In what country did the match take place? India. Correct. Bangalore. Come oh. on! Don't blame me. I didn't write that question. Well,
4: you've got your specialist topic, Nathan. I don't know what you're guffing about.
3: Round two is the guest the footballer based in order of the clubs they've played for a round. Trialed in the recent Renegade Thursday night quiz This was written by OTBAM producer Colm Buig. I need to insist This round was not Written by me This round was written By Colm Bouyg I want to insist His description is as follows Shockingly nobody From the evening show Claimed ownership of this Incredibly exciting quiz round So OTBAM's crappy quiz Will happily take it on And retain it Based on its success Colm's opinion Which we will assume Will be gigantic When eventually measured The game is simple I will list in order From first till last The clubs a footballer Has played for And all you have to do Is guess the footballer in question. The first person to do so will win the point. Oh. However, there is one major rule. This will not be a question for, you know, Adrian first, then make them Adrian. To, what you have to do is shout your name out, and whoever shouts your name out first gets to go first. So you must shout your name before answering the question. And of course, I don't mean your name, I mean your crappy quiz name. So we're talking about Nate Dog. we're talking oh. about APM, and we're talking about... Who's your daddy? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, to do that would we'll eliminate the contestant from that particular round of the quiz. You get one guest per club named. I'm not going to hang about for anybody waiting. What,
4: what, 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 I don't even follow. What the hell is happening here? You're going to like start I, listing clubs, I, and we I, have to I, shout I really, out our name.
3: I'm basically, reading somebody's
4: Wikipedia. And so, what? So, can we jump in and then re-jump in again after? Uh, the next
3: after game? I've named another club, yeah.
1: So you're going to say Chelsea and we all get a chance to shout out no, something. No, you only get to have one guess per round. Yeah, yeah, per person.
3: Oh. Yeah. So if not, say if it's, so can't say if it's Roy Keane
1: you. and it's Cove Ramblers and nobody guesses move after on to he forest. moves on to Forrest. guess again after I move on to Forrest. <laughs> and if you guess and you say Gary Charles, you're out. And then it goes to Manchester United
3: and I'll I jump in, in and again. say yeah, yeah, Roy yeah. Keane. So you get one guess at each round, okay. I think you'll find that a crappy quiz once you're explaining this is your already winning. A well, shambles. Right. <laughs> Question two for whoever shouts your name first. This first player started there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Can I just say before, <laughs> before
4: before you start? Before you start, so it'd be madness for us all not to shout out our name after each team. Is
1: no, named. you only get one guess.
3: Yeah, but, but yeah, no, no, no but but, it would be madness. Yeah. 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 You,
1: you, you were going but to give it a guess. everything about
3: time. but you might like a time, so I'm not going to hang about, you know? Everybody's going to guess. Okay. No. Well, are, you, are you not out of the round no, once you guess at no, all? No, that no. was how you did it on Thursday night, but Coleman has instructed me to no, change it. Now you see?
1: has been thinking about this quiz for years, and he's just changed it on and the fly like, after it's one day. so confusing yeah. already before yeah, it begins. he from. has. It's, it's I'm actually, glad to
3: bring clarity to it's proceedings. a little bit disgraceful, but look, we'll, run, we'll roll with it. Question two, as I say, for whoever shouts their name first. This first player started their senior professional career with West Ham. Uh, who's your daddy <laughs> <laughs>
4: who,
3: who Mark Noble no he then went on loan to Bournemouth Mick he then Jermaine Defoe correct APM uh, oh, I got it wrong oh, no that's, he's that's out he's out wrong No, I corrected myself on when on you own, didn't even, on even on notice because I'm a sportsman he then went he then returned to West Ham which I already said who it was
1: <laughs> yeah, who's like
4: your daddy,
3: who's your me daddy? Me. Defoe no, What's happening Nathan,
4: here? Nathan, he already gave the
3: answer. Nathan got there first. But he didn't say his I know so name. that should be the end of that. That's ridiculous. No, Nathan then jumped in and picked up the pieces oh, and he got the point. Oh, you're joking me. Ah, uh, hold on. Am I want you not getting that point. Going on? Question I've been roaring and
6: shouting for the last 5 minutes. <laughs> I couldn't hear you. We well, well, have, have to
4: kill think. your mic. Could you talk such shite <laughs>
3: <laughs> Question 2 for whoever shouts your name. But a HJR. It'd be the latest in a long line of similar inquiries. This second player started their senior professional career with Ajax. Um, who's your daddy? <laughs> Dennis Bergkamp. No, he then moved to AC Milan. He then moved to Juventus. Who's your Dick. daddy? Yeah. APM. No, Adrian got there first. Uh, Patrick Clivert No, APM. APM. Edgar Davids. Correct very well done Edgar Davids is correct correct. (sighs) so you're allowed to come in twice
4: you can come in as often we establish that at the start come in as often as you want
3: we can't come in twice I know
4: you're a bit slow on the uptake there but
3: question two for whoever shouts your name first the third and final player who started their professional career with Mets who's your daddy yeah Didier Deschamps no he then (laughs) Olivier Giroud no he then moved on to Marseille who's your daddy yeah Didier Drogba no he then, Night dog yeah. Dimitri Payet No He <laughs> then moved on to Arsenal <laughs> Who's your daddy? Yeah Patrick Vieira No He <laughs> then moved on to Villarreal uh, APM A- Yeah Coquelin No He then moved on To Aston Villa Oh APM can't, Yeah uh, Robert Pires. Correct Gosh, listen APM would have I got all three right that, round bad. That, bad. Bad. that round is that round let's ball- never ball- speak
1: or yes. do that round that, ever that again I was getting a clap through the window from column which
3: suggests that uh, I've done well uh, Like you know, when you, you know when you watch a movie and you're like Oscar worthy right there
4: <laughs> you know when you watch yeah, a movie and five minutes in you're like I'm going to have to stick with this even though I know it's bad
3: Imro Colin Buick, again, I really need to to be magnanimous here and just give all the credit that deserves (laughs) to somebody else. So, Colin, thank you so much. The name part was the hardest part of it by a mile. The, the players' exactly thing was well, way easier.
4: What the hell the rules were
3: keeps you on your toes. Round okay. three is another favorite. It's the pass a pass the parcel of doom round. Oh, in this f- round, all you got to do is give me a name that's on a list of names, and I have the parcel of doom, which will pass on to the next contestant, who then also has to give me a name. The first person who can't give me a name or gives me a wrong one will be eliminated. The last person standing wins a point. Adrian will start with you. Can you name an opponent that has that Kelly Taylor has faced in her professional career to date? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, It's uh, 3-1-0 to Mick Nathan's on what? one point, by the way. Um, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, come on. He's, a, he, he's just sacrificing this round. Are you come just, on.
3: like, talking to your brain there when you say, come on, or... yeah, Exactly, yeah. Exactly.
4: Um,
3: Give us an answer, oh, Adrian. Oh, if, str- if you're struggling it's first up, you're probably... The, the yeah, but I mean
4: that's point. not to say that either these schmucks obviously are gonna get anything. Come on. Um He never
6: knows anything to do with Katie Taylor. It's embarrassing that's untrue our untrue. greatest sports person.
3: Oh Gotcha No. Did she not fight her? She didn't her uh, amateur career, obviously. Yeah, she won a gold medal oh, against I tried I tried the, there was there. talk of a, a rematch, I think. So Adrian you're out, sorry about that. Nathan. Uh Delphine Persoon. Delphine Persoon is correct. Exactly. Uh, uh, Google there. Jonas. Jonas, yep. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, John. Serrano. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. What was her first name? <laughs> what is her <laughs> first
4: name? No, they're, they're absolutely.
3: Uh, Cindy. Correct, oh. Nick. Um,
1: is this going out uh, on Sunday? No, it's going out.
4: <laughs> right now. This is
6: really
1: happening. Uh, you should get a point for that. Mm. Well, I've watched every single one of them, but I don't know any more well names. So I'm sorry. Yeah, Nathan, Nathan won it by getting the third one. Nathan, but
3: you've got a, another name? Uh, Rose Valente. Volante, yeah, probably would have accepted that. That's the only one. After that, uh, was. Victoria gone. Bustos, Jasmine Clarkson, Kimberly Connor, Monica Gentili, uh, Miriam Gutierrez, Jennifer Hahn, Milena Kaleva, Christina Lenardatu, Nina Manka, Jessica McCaskill, Vivian Obinowitz, Anahi Esther Sanchez, Firuza Sharapova, uh, Karina Smaldenberg, yeah. uh, Rose Volante, as you say, and Ava Wallstrom. Were the other fighters So it is Mick 3 Nathan 2 Adrian 0 Nathan you can kick us off On this one And credit once again To our DMs For this question And the next couple of questions Kieran Burke uh, Can you name a runner up In a Champions League final From 1991 onwards
1: 1993 onwards surely no So it's Champions League
3: uh,
1: Okay we'll go with, we'll we'll go with the, European Cup Slash Champions League style, yep. Yeah, Liverpool
3: am- Correct Mick Sampdoria. Correct. Um Milan. Milan is correct.
6: Manchester United.
3: Yeah. Ajax. Yeah. 96 Chelsea. Yeah, 2008 for Chelsea. Arsenal. Arsenal's correct. Leverkusen. Yes. 2002. It's me. Madrid. It's me. Yeah, correct. Um, Colm, Colin shouts in her ear ha- ha- here, not been... understanding the question, which is who lost the finals, not who won them. Colin. Uh, sorry, Real Madrid is not correct. I meant Atletico. <laughs> no. <very laughs> <laughs> <laughs> now you're out. You're done. Oh, Christ. Uh,
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I could go all night here, Nathan. Yeah, so could I. I wow! Well, uh, big, big claims, not. lads. Nine thirty-four
3: a.m. Wow. Uh, Dortmund. Dortmund is correct. Twenty thirteen. Uh, Valencia. Valencia is correct. 2000-2001. Atletico Madrid. Correct. Fourteen and sixteen. Said that earlier. Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich is correct. Three times. Monaco. Monaco is correct. Uh, Arsenal. So it's already been said. Okay, well that's yes. okay. I listen
1: to this every week, and when something's already been said, you let it go again. Oh, no, I don't. no, you I don't. don't. I listen to this no, show you every don't. single I week. I think that's already been said. It's already been said? That's fast.
3: I think. I think. What we'll do here, Nathan, you, you've got to fulfil. Who you've said Arsenal? You got to, to fulfil, Nathan. Nathan did. did Nathan? Give me one more, and then you get the point. What? We just got.
4: Oh, I'm with you, Nathan. I think there should be a hard and fast no, rule there. No, it's no, either not, a rule or it's good. not.
3: Then
6: we're changing the entire rules of the quiz. Go, right? on, go on, go on, go pre- on, pre- on. on. I'm not fighting no, 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 no. them. This, this
3: is like okay, typically carry make, stuff. Mick down Mick is, is on the carry thing.
6: Uh, <laughs> Chelsea's classic been said as carry. well.
3: Uh, the ones you were missing were Barcelona, Juventus, Manchester City, Marseille, uh, PSG. Juventus? Did I
4: not? Oh. I thought it was to be I already said Juventus.
3: I should you not. That's very unfortunate. Mick, question three for you. Can you name a runner-up of the European Cup slash Champions Cup since it's, since its inception? So does this
1: also include 91 to...
3: Oh, sorry, this is rugby. Sorry, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leicester. Yeah, Leicester is correct. Three times they've been beaten in the final. Adrian. Munster. Munster is correct. Leinster. Leinster is correct. Oh, my voice broke. Northampton. <laughs> correct. Me? Yeah. Ulster. Ulster is correct. Rassing. Rassing? Yeah. Claremont? Correct. La Rochelle? La Rochelle. God, some pace here, lads, yeah. Bath? No, you're out. The ropey man loses. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Wasps No You're out Adrian gets yeah. the points Oh it's the
1: other way around To lose
3: Bum. I was thinking of Who do you Got for
1: mistake My
4: next guest Written down on my list Was, was Wasps <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> So the remaining ones Were Biarritz Breve Cardiff Colomiers Perpignan, Cardiff, oh, uh, Saracens, Stade Français, and Toulouse. Colomiers is a good, interesting pronunciation. I know, yeah, went wrong because I quite quickly.
1: confused the try that was in my head was is a killer. It's the the Rob Howley try. It's the way they
4: fall.
3: Adrian, you're still alive. We enter round four, which is the fun-free magic number round. Contestants get three points for getting the number exactly right. If no one manages that, the nearest contestant who doesn't go bust gets two points. The second closest gets one point. I'm going to state that we can only accept the answer that's written on your paper. I'm also going to have to ask for your pens once the music ends. So if you don't mind, give us the following number. Again, Kieran Burke, thank you for these. Uh, The number of Six Nations titles Ireland have won, plus the number Nathan Collins wears for Burnley, plus the total number of Irish golfers to ever win a major. Plus, the position Dublin finished in Division One of this year's National Football League. Your thirty seconds experiments in Sinatra sings "Bright Shiny Beads." So, how many Six Nations titles have Ireland won? What number does Nathan Collins wear for Burnley? How many Irish golfers have won a major in golf? And where did Dublin finish in Division One in this year's Allianz National Football League? Add them all up. What do you guess? What was the third question? Though? The number of Irish golfers to ever win a major. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Bubbles, bangles, bright, shiny.
3: Pens down Nathan you can kick us off um, Sorry I'm just um, Oh jeez uh, 40, 40, 47 47 Mick 38 38 And just to continue that graph 27 Whoa. Uh, In fairness uh, Adrian you do score something here but Mick is closest the answer is 40 Nathan you went bust Whew. So, Mick, you get two points. You go to five. Adrian, you're up to two. So, Six Nations titles, Ireland have won four. Yeah, five, got yeah. that. Nathan Collins was twenty-two.
1: Oh, ah, ooh, said twenty-one. Was. That was
3: what won it for me. I'd say there have that been 30, six Irish golfers to win a major. Six got that Lowry, McElroy, Clark McDowell, Harrington, and Fred Daly. Dublin finished eighth in this year's Division oh. 1 National Football League I was only one off but my score was two off I must have added them up wrong <laughs> uh, let me just double check. yeah no I think I think we're good I think it is 40 so Mick you're on 5 Nathan, Nathan. you're on 3 Adrian you're on 2 Nathan embarrassing himself again of course our winner it tonight will be decided oh. in the round that set. How I embarrassed myself well
1: you overshot the runway significantly what, what did you get so wrong there Nathan Nathan Collins' Nathan number
6: Collins' number I had in my head it was in the 30s for some reason
4: yeah football Premier League commentator ladies and gents
3: it's mm-hmm. a, a bit of a shame our winner to be decided in a round that separates the men from the boys the Gavin Thornbury's from the Nigel Thornbury's it's no theme in particular ridiculously easy rapid fire round so the score you get who's Nigel Thornbury <sighs> do a wikipedia deep dive educate yourself mate the score you get in this round will be out of your score in the previous rounds there'll be 40 seconds for everyone to answer from the same set of questions we're going to start with the person with the highest number of points which is mick then onto the person in second which is nathan then onto the person who's in third place which is adrian if you get a question correct i'll ask you another question and keep asking you questions until you get one wrong once you get one wrong we move on and you get deducted a point so apm angry producer mick mick mccarthy are you ready I am Your 40 seconds starts now Yan Bing Tao plays what sport? Table tennis No, snooker Who trains the horse Classical Dream, Nathan? Michael Stout No, Willie Mullins Who won the Europa League final last year, Adrian? Tottenham No, Villa. <laughs> Which of these players has never won an NBA championship? Shaquille O'Neal or Charles Barkley? Charles Barkley Correct O'Loughlin Gales is a GA club in what county? Correct Tony Mowbray is currently manager of what club? Uh, Blackburn. Correct. The only draw on Tyson Fury's record is against who? Uh, Wilder. Correct. Who is the Dublin football captain this season? Fenton. Uh, no, James McCarthy. Uh, Out of time, but it doesn't ballast. matter. Sorry, Mick McCarthy wins the quiz. You can't is have an you can is back.
1: Either are. I agree with that, Nathan.
6: Wholeheartedly. Either are. If you a didn't bit get a of question momentum. wrong,
1: it would have been your question.
6: What does it? Doesn't matter. You would have got. You could have got next. You got a question wrong as well. And then it's a. Was it Charles Barkley or Shaquille O'Neal? That's not what the rapid fire is. This was a shambles. So firstly, Mick established his lead. What a trick you are! I'm after he was
1: winning my second quiz in a row on my return, and you haven't you stopped. being happy for oh, right. absolute This no no, 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 Celebrate Spoo my greatness. Boo Higgs. Yeah. <laughs> Higgs. <Spoo> Higgs. <laughs> Higgs
6: Nonsensical round. That's never coming back. That you didn't want on a Thursday night show. Now you're happy to have it on a Friday morning. Show day. That is never coming back That's how you establish Your lead Nobody even understood the Can role. we cut him off I, I want first. to apologize Jojo, then, Take his mic down. 50, I'd like to apologize for Nathan,
4: To Nathan for earlier Saying that he talks shod Because he's bang on there That's
6: 50 that's You true. cannot have A 50-50 decision In the rapid fire Give him a bit of momentum It's all about momentum It's all about that one But what's he supposed right to ask Which
1: of these players Has never won an NBA title And then stop talking right.
6: You just never ask Which of these players that's just a stupid question.
3: I think it's it's not right to ask questions but at this time. I think it's just I think now is it's kind of too soon, isn't it? We just need to be appreciating Nick's greatness. Thank, Thank you. Mick. Mick. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, great to have you here. Well, with it's us. not
4: your fault that the quiz was a shambles. Uh, well done.
3: That is it for OTB AM <laughs> on this Friday. Or we're almost there anyway. OTBAM has been brought to you uh, live every week uh, by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day and every day of every week. Uh, be sure to... F- <laughs> 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 be sure to follow off the ball across all of our social channels and download the OTP Sports app. <laughs> and every month of every year, <laughs> <laughs> next morning. <laughs> oh this is Tuesday. Next Tuesday, is, next Tuesday up, half right seven. See <laughs> we you will next be here See you then. Have a great weekend. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor
6: with exfoliating bar.